From all corners of the globe to your ears, it's the Midnight Movie Cowboys. Sometimes informative, sometimes controversial, but always unpredictable. It's the Midnight Movie Cowboys podcast with your hosts, Hunter, John, and Stu. And now, on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Midnight Movie Cowboys. I am Hunter, and joining me uh, in uh, Ron Jeremy's prison cell is Mr. Stuart Balk. Say hello, Stu. Yep. Hello. Popping pills and all the other good stuff. And Clutching out dicks Mountain... like they're bits of rope. Yeah. <laughs> in the Rocky Mountain High of Colorado, we have Mr. John Gray. Say hello, John. Hello. And we've got a couple of returning guests. Uh, you know, this is an episode that probably should have been an episode of the Midnight Millennial Cowboys. Uh, we've got Mr. Eric Zaldivar. Say hello, Eric. Yes, yes. The Zoomers at work were ecstatic about the new Mario Brothers movie. And I was just like, what are we talking about? What are you 20 something year olds talking about a Mario movie? But here we back are. At, back <laughs> in my day, Mario had giant Goombas and cyberpunk dystopias. And Dennis Hopper, thank you very much. Yes. Um, and also returning guest, we have Mr. Zolly Becker. Say hello, Zolly. Uh oh. He's muted yourself. You muted. Am I unmuted now? Yeah, there yes. you go. Wonderful. It's me, Zolly Becker. He was just telling us about his bootleg ice cream he was eating. It was good bootleg <laughs> ice cream. It's gone now. Uh, so before we get started with our movie, uh, you want to whip out your junk real quick? Yeah, we better. Otherwise, we're going to fall weeks and weeks behind on it. So. Yes. So uh, I'll go first. Mine's <clears throat> pretty short. Um, got a couple so of said. arrow. Yeah. Got, <laughs> got a couple of arrow Samo Hong flicks. Knockabout. Yeah. Dragon. Oh, yep. yeah. There you go. Yep. And uh, I also got, you know, can't can't help but update these. Jeez, I thought you were supposed to say can't stop the music for a second. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Now we got Don't now do that to me. The entire dollars trilogy on 4K. Penelope, look. I haven't tried them out yet, to okay. be honest. Um, but uh and I, speaking of Italian junk on 4K, Dario Argento is phenomena. Do, do so, you have uh, the third one? Do you have the third one on on 4K? I mean uh I, good ben I do. Yeah, and I got my, it my next. The reason I ask is because my next question is: Is it the three-hour bastardized version from twenty years ago? I'm going to. Uh, I'm gonna uh, admit that I have not watched it yet. So okay, that's fine. next time I watch it, I'll check it out. Uh, it's it's done. to my theory that I don't think you can get anything anymore that's not that version. Like the, Which the is... American the American cut from '67, I don't think is available anymore outside of the old DVDs. And uh, it's a shame, too, because like I, I was listening to Tom Jennings on 24 Frames Cast, friend of the show, and he was talking about, he, he's like, there's really not a definitive home release of the these the Dollars Trilogy. He goes, you know, they're all missing something. There's not they a definitive the version of the trilogy. They're all missing something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, that's true, but the best version is the American version from 67. Yeah. Because it's the 100% agree. Cuts yeah. out a lot of fat. Yeah, the I stuff they added in was not needed. No, I don't think the the four Ks are, are definitive. I think the the four Ks, um, the four K of Good, the Bad, and the Ugly specifically is a reconstituted theatrical cut, but it's probably not really the real theatrical cut. 
and for whatever well, reason, they're yeah. forbidden from having uh, the longer Italian version. There's a uh, whole scene in there that they added to the 2003 version <clears throat> um, that was cut from the after the initial screening in Italy, where Eli Wallach recruits those three guys in yeah. this grotto, and it's fun to see as a special feature, but it doesn't need to be in the movie. Even the director didn't want it in the movie post. The thing is about that, Zoli was going to complain to Kino Wilbur about the not being right, but he doesn't want to get banned from them as well. Uh, I, I, I respect and like Kino, and I think Frank Tarzi is a good guy, and uh, I think they'll do the Dollars Trilogy again and again and again and again and again and again. And yeah. What about Shout Factory? Your thoughts on them? I, they, yeah. I, I like that Cliff and Jeff have... Uh, you know, taking some of my my abuse to heart. <laughs> made them a better label over the last decade. They never would have made it to 4K without me. No. <laughs> no, certainly not. Um, well, that's it from me. Uh, Stu, you want to go? Uh, okay. I'll just clear this background to... None. All right, just real. I'll go. Uh bit quick. This one. Uh, pick these up at three bucks each. Very best of WCW Monday Nitro. Um, the world's greatest wrestling managers. He's seeing a theme here. Um, oh shit! What else? No, oh, Brett Hitman Hart. Three disc set. What else have I got here? Oh, The Undertaker, History of the Undertaker, and Nick Foley. All right. That's the wrestling out of the way. <laughs> um, picked up this for 350 off Amazon. Never seen it, wanted to see it, and um, not bad. The Beatles, Eight Days a Week by Ron Howard. So pretty much should be retitled The Dummy's Guide to the Beatles, but um, it was enjoyable. Uh, this one's for Hunter. <laughs> Pink flamingos on Blu-ray. Nice. Why not? Pick this up for two bucks. Probably gonna get me a bunch of shit, but I don't care. I like this guy; he's a good singer. Um, <laughs> the best of Jimmy Somerville. And um, uh, last but not least, pick this up for forty bucks off a dealer, and it is fucking sweet. Is there anybody out there? Pink Floyd. Uh, Which, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's The Wall Live from 1980, I think. Yeah, I think it's 1980, but um, yeah, that's it for me. All right, John, what about you? Uh, just a couple of things. Uh, I picked up, um, let's see if I can get this in here, uh, Death Machines, which is a Vinegar Syndrome release of a married Chapsaki flick from the 70s. Um, I think I saw a public domain DVD of it years ago, but I figured I'd check it out because uh, true to Vinegar Syndrome's tradition, they packed it with a lot of bells and whistles, a lot of special features. And um, a Japanese film I have not seen, A Fugitive from the Past, a Tomo Uchida film that Arrow released. So Mr. Arrow Shelf, take a, a look at that. And uh, you may want to acquire this if you don't have it already. But okay. uh, that, that's it for me because the uh, my cat, one of my cats here, he, you might see him walking around in the background as he's got a cone on because he had some expenditure. <laughs> so not a lot of leisure Blu-ray buying this month. Oh, yeah. No, that goes. Got to deal with the cat first. 
Yeah. Do our guests can, have can any... come first? <clears throat> yep. Do our guests have anything they want to share? Uh, I, I don't have anything grabable that I, I okay. Kind of... That's what she Eric, said. I'll be quick. Two books, uh, Lee Bracket, short story compilation. Oh. Got it mostly for the cover. And I also got this adult Western for the cover as well. Very nice. Don't, Hot what's Night it? in Purgatory. That's <laughs> yeah. a good title. The cover. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a share of the movie rights next week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sell it to Skinamax. Yeah. <laughs> well, Skinamax exists still? No, I don't think so. Oh, that's good. <laughs> well, um, who am I going to sell it to? Uh, so, so, yeah, there you go. Oh boy. So this week we are talking about Super Mario Brothers, not the mega blockbuster, biggest animated movie opening of all time, Super Mario Brothers that came out the other day. We're talking this ain't no game. 1993 Super Mario Brothers, directed by Rocky Morton and Annabelle Jankel. Produced What's the tagline by... on it? This ain't no this game. Ain't, this ain't no game. Oh, mm-hmm. funny. I, I retitled this ain't no fucking good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's produced by Roland Joffe, who did uh, The Mission and The Killing Fields. And the Fall um, from Grace. <laughs> this thing... <laughs> And uh, shot by Dean Simler, edited by Mark Goldblatt, music by Alan Silvestri, and starring Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo, Dennis Hopper, Samantha, I was there at the Viper Room, Mathis. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Fisher Stevens and Richard Edson. And uh, yeah, did anybody notice Lance Henriksen in there? At the end? What? Oh, yeah, the the, the king at the end. Yeah, Yeah, the rejuvenated king. I yeah, didn't even notice that was him until this time watching it. I was like, wait, oh, that's really, Lance Henriksen. <laughs> it really lends gravitas to the whole project. It does. <laughs> he said that, uh, he said when he, he just showed up to do that scene and he said he thought one of the makeup girls was really attractive and he ended up marrying her. So it's, it's, it's good. You know, it's a good movie. Yeah. Sounds Sounds like you're like you're not going to get any argument from me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Uh, Eric and we, we were doing this episode because Eric and I were talking about it and, uh, you know, how this was kind of a seminal movie growing up. Um, but uh, so, Eric, since this was your yeah. idea, I want you to start out with your experience <laughs> with Super Mario Brothers. Oh, it's my fault. Is it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. It's my fault, too, but to be fair. Well, I did. Well, you agreed to it. I did it. Uh, I did it because the new one came out and I thought like, ooh, what, what better way to get, uh, you know, those uh, those those clicks, those downloads by coinciding with the uh, with uh, a movie that came out 30 years later with the same title. <laughs> Correct. Except for the except for the movie part, because this is Super Mario Brothers, the movie. So, you know, this is the real one. This is the definitive. Yeah. one. Yes. It is the definitive yeah. movie. It's live action. It's live action, of course. Yeah, everything else is just baby shit. Flesh and blood, Mario. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, uh, the Gen Xers skipped out back in '93, but the three of us saw it. Why don't mm-hmm. you tell me about your experience? Then Zolly can go or whatever order of uh, watching the film in '93 theater. Um, Zolly, why don't you go first? 
Well, I mean, I, I saw it theatrically um, in 93 um, with my dad. Um, was I was, was my life changed by it on the initial theatrical viewing? No. But my, you know, my, my journey with Mario the brand was, had not even begun because I was like five years old. So I, I had no reason to be precious about Mario, Nintendo, or Yoshi, or anything. <laughs> but as far as standard movie making, um, it, it's it's formula stable, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, that was my initial my initial takeaway as a as a kindergartner. Well, what was your um, uh, what was your your experience with the video game before the film? Oh, uh, you just Game Boy and Nintendo, but they're, they're not really a narrative, you know. No, no narrative. Just a costume. My only metrics for success were at some point does Bob Hoskins get adorned in Mario's red and blue costume at the appropriate time too. The at last the appropriate time, yes, at the appropriate time. Now, mind you, at no point is you know is Dennis Hopper or Fiona Shaw they lizard people, but they had to make an aesthetic choice. An aesthetic choice. Uh, you know how. How dinosaur-like are the dinosaur people? And do we present them as being credible and realistic in in, in a, a Jurassic Park movie-going era, or do we show them as cartoon Nintendo characters who are not threatening? Who um, cheap it the fuck out, in other words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, Dennis Hopper makes you believe that he is a dinosaur. <laughs> He, he makes the oh, audience. It, 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 we go full children's theater at the movie, and he he makes it work. Yeah, Hunter, what's your uh, your experience at the theater? So I was all jazzed about this movie. I um, I had played Mario Brothers one and three, and Mario Land on the Game Boy, and I was aware I did not have a Super Nintendo. But I was well aware of Super Mario World. I had friends who had Super Nintendo, so I had played Super Mario World by this point, um, I believe. And um, so my dad took me to see it uh, in the theater opening weekend. And, you know, um, I remember sort of being struck by how much darker it seemed than the games. But I really enjoyed it. I loved the dinosaurs. You know, I was a kid. This was in the era when all kids loved dinosaurs. So dinosaur stuff was awesome. Um, you know, particularly the last third of the movie was particularly uh, grabbed me because it had the most monster action. Um, you know, Dennis Hopper devolving into the dinosaur was really cool. You know, he looked like the he looked like evil Wojak, you know, the big. <laughs> <laughs> like when Wojak is possessed by Satan, you know, that's what he looks like. Um, but you know, I remember that struck me and um and just like the little references to things. Like I remember noticing like Thwomp Industries and Bullet Bills and noticing these little uh references to the games. But like like Zali said, the games really the story was just go rescue the princess from the castle. Um, and like Parker Bennett, one of the screenwriters said, he goes, there's no story to Super Mario Brothers. So we kind of had to no just, shit. we kind of had to, to just uh, sort of weave it. And, uh, you know, but the thing is, uh, the movie kind of vanished 
didn't vanish, but it, it, I didn't revisit it a whole lot until it started airing on TV. Um, but, and I think the reason for that was Jurassic Park came out and Jurassic Park kind of erased it in my brain a little bit. Um, yeah, Jurassic Park kind of killed that whole. It was the, the week after, right? Yeah. Yeah. It came really quick. And, uh, yeah. But, you know, the the special effects in this movie really hold up, you know, comparatively, like the Yoshi uh, animatronic looks incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it was definitely it's one of the times I really remember going to the movie theater when I was a kid because it was a movie I was really excited about because I, I loved Mario. I was all in on Mario stuff. I loved uh, the Nintendo stuff like you know zelda and all that so and that was the blockbuster area where promotion for everything was insane things yes were they were events they were mandatory events mandatory mm-hmm. child focused events Stu was yeah. laughing at Stu was laughing at the yoshi animatronic uh what, what's what's wrong with the yoshi animatronic it's great <laughs> <laughs> what is there to complain about with the yoshi? Fucking horrible Oh, oh, it looks no, great. No. Objectively, it looks great. You know, looks, you can make it, fun of John and I being Gen Xers, but I'll tell you what, if we had to grow up with your childhood, fuck that shit. I'll take all <laughs> any day of the week. You guys had these Mario Listen, you had, you had H and, or HR Puff and stuff. We, we had, had that. Super we Mario had the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> we had all the cool shit as a kid. The Yoshi yeah. looks good. That stuff is so good. People actually think everybody involved with it was on drugs back then, and they weren't. That's how good it is. Now that was so Lindsay. Say, <laughs> yeah, Pete yeah, Pearl and Mar- Pete <laughs> Pearl and Mary, or whatever the fuck their names are, say they weren't on drugs when they did Puff the Magic Dragon either. So. But um, <laughs> they probably weren't. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know the Yoshi thing. The Yoshi animatronic looks fantastic. In fact, I think I read somewhere I was reading a lot of lit on this recently, which I was surprised by how much there was because I thought this was just you know Gone with the Wind. Um, I mean, it's bigger than Gone with the Wind. <laughs> Oh, um, but but um, uh, people from the Jurassic Park, uh, uh, creators of Jurassic, the creators of the dinosaurs of Jurassic Park, came to visit on set to check out this Yoshi animatronic. Have a laugh. Very, yeah, we go. No, we go no, 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 no. They're shit. very impressed. They're very no. impressed. My experience with the movie, I saw it in the theater in '93. I saw it with. It's very similar to, I guess, Hunter and Zolly for that matter. Um, I saw it with my mother and i went with a friend of mine and um my experience with the video games beforehand i'm pretty i'm certain that i i I played the first three super mario world which is the fourth one um i didn't have a super nintendo till much later but i know i played it at a friend's house or something not that it matters with this movie but uh i i was never bothered by it being so different from the games because that was what we were kind of all used to at the time. Like uh, the best example I can give you is the Ninja Turtles movie from three years prior. Mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing it. Way better. That film was way It's good. Uh, yeah. But that that is nothing like the Saturday morning cartoon that we grew up with or the after, after school cartoon that we grew up with at all. And we no. just accepted things were going to be like, okay, this is a movie version of that. So this is the real version, quote unquote. So Splinter is not going to have the same origin and everything's a little bit darker and a little bit meaner. So that was the same way with the Mario Brothers movie. I had no mm-hmm. problem with it at the time. I just accepted what it was. Hey, Eric, um, yes. what's your thought on the uh, San Francisco bag lady looking April O'Neil? 
Wait, give me that one more time. What'd you say? <laughs> What's I, your thoughts on the San Francisco bag lady looking April O'Neil from a new one? Oh, I haven't seen that trailer. She's black, right? She's like a black 12 year old. Well, she's like, she's like, she's like really big too. Oh, she's fat. Grumpy. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. She's got oh, like, yeah. That. She... <laughs> uh, my shit. take on that. I mean, look, listen, I reached my saturation point with that franchise a long time ago. Uh, so I don't, I don't, I don't keep up with what's going on in the turtle world. You know, I didn't watch any of the Michael Bay movies or anything like that. So, in fact, the last thing uh, I'm going to call John out. The last time, the last Ninja Turtles movie I saw in the theater was the was TMNT from 2007. I was a little too old to be watching that, I think. And John was certainly too old to be watching. Yeah, and I did see that. I just went to see it because back then had money and uh, no family to support and just went to the movies out of boredom. Mm-hmm. And, well, but but yeah. not only that, but it was a franchise that you were aware of, and 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 I don't think ip had really taken hold the way it did it would the next few years later so nothing was like it It wasn't a surefire uh bet that it was going to be a total embarrassment reboot yeah. well yeah. and that was also that weird time when it came out after superman returns and it was kind of doing that same thing where it's a sequel but kind of not really where we're yeah. kind of acknowledging some of the movies that came before but we're the doing term, our own thing the term is mamby pambiquel <laughs> yeah it's like either um, you know stick your dick in or don't come on man yeah okay i've got the pick now mind you the problem with that is the pick of what hold on hold on, hold on hold on wait 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 what's up right. yeah eric yeah, let me see what you what kind of blackmail you. Oh, oh, I see. I thought you took a screenshot oh, yeah. of me. Yeah, she looks. Oh my god, I don't. Yeah, no, this is. Mm-hmm. Listen, this is not for anybody in this panel. It's made for yeah. Viacom children. Viacom. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna say what it's made for. We'll be kicked off. Well, and like, uh, in well, like the turtles, like they're like, oh, they really sound like teenagers. No, they don't. They sound like like twelve year olds. They it's do. Weird. Yeah. No, mind you. Oh, so they okay. Mm-hmm. April O'Neil, there were actually three three different April O'Neils in the comic, not that it matters. Nobody cares about the Ninja Turtle comic. But I mean there is a canonically canonically black Rachel O'Neill. Ray Don Chong, whatever. Very much that. But uh, I don't think anyone at Nickelodeon knows about that or cares about that at all. No. I'm gonna be honest with you, Zali. I didn't even know the Mirage comics. I had no, I was aware of the Archie comics as was Hunter. I think we talked about it because I yeah. had a few of those, but I was not even aware of this more adult oriented version of but it until I was like, like in my mid twenties. I swear it's to like God. A state secret. Yeah. It's like a state secret yeah. because I mean, it, it, there's, we don't, there's a lot we don't know about Eastman and Laird and, and, and their plans. But if you look at the original Mirage thing, it's very clear that it's the Frank Miller did of a Electra hand thing taken too satirically seriously and people just think that the, the only comics people are familiar with are just adaptations of the cartoon show mm-hmm. is shredder in this uh this uh black frumpy 12 year old april one well, yeah is shredder oh. is shredder uh uh transer is that what his name is he, he, he could be he could be a non-binary uh lesbian in a wheelchair one of them transistors. Oh, we know. <laughs> we, we, we yeah, God bless him. You know, 
one of, one, of, one of those trends testicles, you know? In, in the Michael Bay movie, uh, they Shredder was a robot, and he was a Japanese guy, and he was William Fitchner simultaneously. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wasn't I, it? I, wasn't I, it that it was originally William? Uh, how do you spell this guy's name? Sphincter. Um, wasn't it originally the the white actor, and then they got cold feet at the last second, and they're like, "No, throw a Japanese." Yeah, there. because his name is Eric Sachs, which is the same name as Shredder's name, but white. Orakai Sachs. Orakai Is is Shredder in this new one, and is he Japanese? As, I, as is appropriate. I assume he's. I assume he's. You know, like a. A a, uh, a a a hipster non-binary analog or not? I have no idea what what damage non non nationality. Yeah. yeah, like he's he's only Japanese, like Gwen Stefani is. <laughs> is she really half? She, well, she claims to be, as does the leader of the Foot Clan. I guess I can sort of maybe see that. I don't know. Exactly. Um. Uh, but we're way off track. I, I was I just used yeah. Ninja Turtles, the 1990 movie, as a as a, a sort of example as to why I I accepted the the Super Mario Brothers movie for what it was, and I didn't question really why it was different from the from the games. Um, it was just it is it was what it was. Now as an adult, I know why it's different from the games because they wouldn't have the technology to make the Mushroom Kingdom at the time or anything like. And it, you know, there's no story as they said to the game, so they had to come up with something. Yeah, and I think the script originally was was a lot lighter. I think it was a lot like uh, one of my students read it and he compared it to the Princess Bride in tone and feel. Huh. Um, okay. But I think when Morton and Jankel came on and they, you know they did Max Headroom, uh, they did DOA with Dennis Quaid. Um, when they came on, uh, I think they were pitched. By Parker Bennett and Terry Runte, who are a couple of National Lampoon guys, uh, they were pitched the the sort of parallel world cyberpunk version, um, which was later rewritten by Ed Solomon. But um, but that's that's so that's where that take came from. But it was kind of a how do we how do we adapt this this game where people run forward and jump on the heads of mushrooms and stuff. The production design of the Super Mario movie and the, the Max Hedrum movie are identical. Yeah. Down to the cars with their uh, little electric uh, wire RC car thing that powers mm -hmm. them. I don't know. Looking at I, that... I'm sorry, did I go ahead? No, no, it's okay. Looking, speaking of the RC car thing, because I'm going to forget later, I think. Um, actually, no. I have it written down here. So I'll we'll talk about the... Um, influences of the movie and the possible influences that it had on a game that would come out three years later, Mario 64. Oh and yeah. Yeah. Um, I, but, and also, by the way, do you remember having a conversation? I actually don't. Um, do you remember having a conversation with any of your peers at the time, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, as they may be uh, about the film? I don't remember anybody really talking about it. In fact, it's one of those movies that when you're a little kid, if something doesn't stay in the popular consciousness, you just kind of forget about it. And that's what I did with this movie as soon yeah, as it came, over, after it came out. Yeah. What Jurassic was that? Park. Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park took over, eclipsed it. Yeah. Like never right. Happened. Yeah, well, I never, I, I forgot about it. And then three years later, my mom would come home with the VHS uh, and I'd watch that. And so I was reacquainted with the movie then. Well, when I was 
when I went to see this movie, I was at an age where movie talk on the playground tended to center around movies we weren't allowed to see. And so, you know, every all the kids were talking about like Aliens and Terminator 2 and blah, blah, blah. But at home, we were watching stuff like Home Alone, Blank Check. Um, you know, we were all watching like different stuff. The stuff we weren't allowed, we were allowed to see. We weren't talking about as much. Um, or something like Jurassic Park, which was PG-13. So it was, you know, I can see yes. uh, my, maybe my parents will let me see it, you know. Um, which they did, I, I, uh, but you know, it was the movie talk, you know, talking about stuff we, we had seen or we were allowed to see it tended to be like, oh yeah, that was good. Uh, or if at all, you know, which I, why I don't have much memory of it. Yeah. I don't remember talking to anybody about it. Um, except like probably 10, 15 years ago, a buddy of mine came up to me and said, Hey, I saw this and like, oh yeah, yeah. And, and, and he was like, do you think they'll ever reboot it? And at this point, um, the the reboot IP machine was well underway. And I was just like, oh, my God, yeah, definitely they'll reboot it at some point. And he says, well, what do you think it'll be like? And I said, well, they're going to do the exact opposite of what they did last time. They're going to throw the kitchen sink at it, and it's going to resemble everything about the games. In fact, you're going to you're gonna have like a Mario Kart sequence. You're probably going to have a Luigi's Mansion sequence or something. All that came to pass. The only thing that did it, from what I understand, because I'm not going to watch the movie. I don't care about this new one. Uh, they don't have Wario in it. I guess they're saving him yeah. for a sequel. Yeah, I saw a thing on Twitter. It said, who should play Wario and Waluigi in the sequel? And someone said Quentin Tarantino and David Lynch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, perfect, perfect. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, but yeah, they didn't include, which I thought was weird because there's like tons of like, I heard like Funky Kong is in it and a lot of these uh kind of yeah no from what i've heard from the little kids at work is that it's cinema of recognition another installment of that you know okay. like, there's jump man running away from donkey kong <laughs> there's there's the penguins you can throw off the cliff in mario 64 <laughs> yeah, yeah i wish that was a... i don't i don't like I, I just don't understand like why why is that worthy worthy of watching is this cinema is that all it is now it's just like i recognize it's, this i recognize that it's crazy though but i i remember thinking you know the same thing eric and i figured they'd give it to one of these animation studios probably not pixar or something like that but i figured it would be like dreamworks or illumination or one of these in illumination blue sky <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah. yeah like i figured it'd be one of these not not like the top cgi animation studio but one of the one of the other respectable smaller ones they should have given it to Ardman animation and taken yes. it back to the british humor and you know, herky jerky claymation. It could be like the claymated Mario on the cover of Nintendo Power Number One. Oh, yes. Horrible. <laughs> we should have gotten a CGI sequel, direct sequel to this one, is what we should have gotten. But you know, we're going to get like, you know, we're going to get like a Donkey Kong Country movie now and all these. Oh, they, this opened up the floodgates. They, they've already yeah. announced a Zelda movie. I think there was a Zelda movie in, in development in Netflix I, they, a while back. They, they're always talking about a Zelda movie. Uh, you know, it's, that's it's one of the favorite. Yeah, well, what? it's the Zelda movie is as hot of a thing in the internet movie rumor mill as like a Metal Gear Solid movie. You know, it's one of those things that you hear a lot about, but it seems like, is it happening? Is it not happening? I don't know. But now it I seems like... like a foregone conclusion. This made a bunch of money. And, and that's, and now like, I think they're really positioning themselves 
because audiences are not, you know, the sharpest tools and they're really positioning themselves to, because they realize that the, the cape shit is kind of dying. And uh, they're like, okay, so what's the next abomination we can get everybody hopped up on? And it's going to be video oh, game movies probably. Well, uh, AJ Benza has already declared cape no. movies dead. And uh, okay. he's already said that the cape, cape movies are over and it's video game movies now. Be but, you know, even though I, I, I think it looks awful and it's way mm -hmm. overpraised, uh, The Last of Us is huge. You know, the HBO series. It's another it's video game. Series ever. So two yeah. massive successes, adaptations of the same medium, back to mm -hmm. back. So back it's to back. Like, there's going to be more shit like this. Yes, 100%. that's probably why that guy that uh, that uh, Silent Hill two got greenlit more than likely. Yeah, yeah, and Christoph Gans is coming back to do it, so I'm there. Yeah, I, I I wish I could be more excited, but I just even with him at the helm at the helm at the helm, I just nowadays I just don't expect anything to be good anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is this could be a it could be a paradigm shift. This new one, um. But, you know, but Mario, the Mario Brothers movie from 93 was kind of the poster child for all video game movies are bad for a long time. Because, um, you know, it, the other video game movies that came out after this, you got like Double Dragon, which was similarly bizarre, kind of cyberpunk movie. Um, but one that was really awesome. I, I really liked uh, Paul W.S. Anderson's Mortal Kombat movie. I thought that was fun. Even Roger Ebert. That was the it, gold standard. Yeah. Like, we're, we're, we're and, uh, you know, people will complain that it's not gory, but it was made for people my age at the time. So we eventually yeah. got the gory version and it was terrible. So it's not yeah. as good. Yep. Sorry, Doug Walker. <clears throat> yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought? So, uh, I'm, uh, is there anything you wanted to bring up, Eric, before we go to see what the, the Gen Xers thought? <laughs> uh i mean we'll we'll come back to the to the millennials after the gen xers i want to i want to hear what they have to say okay uh i'm john has been quite silent i want to hear from mm. john what did, what did you mm. think of the super mario brothers <laughs> super mario brothers the uh, one with latin well, representation so you know it's better <laughs> <laughs> well uh my impression of it was it's certainly not made for me um when I noticed it was the directors of the Max Headroom series that kind of explained what the problem probably was, is because to me, it's one of those movies that back in, if I saw it in 93, I'd say, boy, they spent a lot of money on this film. But if you look at it now, you would think they didn't spend a dime on it because that's <laughs> just, it's, it's something about production values that don't age well. Uh, like that whole parallel New York world or whatever looks like Meow Wolf, the uh, yeah, local sci-fi touring thing we have here in denver you know it's, um, uh, I've, I've been there yeah it, it looks like meow wolf to me except meow wolf looks better but um there's a lot of i felt i felt like they were trying to justify okay we can't make it fantasy we can't uh although i think they could have um that so they they make it too realistic and grimy like they have to give a realistic context to everything in the video game which I thought was a huge mistake. It's like, because when you go super gritty like this, you kind of reveal the problems with the concept. They should have done, like, uh, made it bright, colorful, like the uh, the current cartoon thing. And they could have done it with, like, sets by that. 
Japanese woman that built the sets for Mish or designed the sets for Mishima and Coppola's Dracula. There's all sorts of things they could have done, and they could have done wire work and had them jumping over things and everything, and they didn't even bother to do that. And uh, they tried to keep it too grounded in some sort mm -hmm. of realistic setting, which I thought was a little laughable. It's a it's a strange thing to watch because I don't like John Leguizamo at all. Uh, I like uh, Hoskins and some stuff, but um, hey. Samantha Morton is kind of like the what, what is she like the death siren of the '90s in a way? She <laughs> uh, was, was with River Phoenix who else, that night. Who else was she with that died? Well, she she was. Um, I I learned recently that Samantha she was Mathis. actually. Samantha Mathis, yeah. yeah, she was going out with uh, Leguizamo on set, and then she she dumped him for River Phoenix, and then Phoenix would be dead like months later. Yeah, and Leguizamo would be bitter for decades about everything. Yeah, yeah. I would. That's I how, I venture, headlines. I venture, uh, I I would venture that yeah, partially partially his bitterness towards this movie, although he's um, gone back on that in the past ten years. He's he's least, nowhere uh, near. Yeah, Bob Hoskins was very vocal about hating this movie. He said it's the one movie he wished he never did. To his really. death, yeah. Yeah. But uh, Leguizamo has been much nicer about it recently. Um, apparently, he turned down Philadelphia, the Tom Hanks role in Philadelphia to do this. A better choice. Yeah. <laughs> the better, the better yeah. choice. True. Um, but, uh, but you know, if when you watch doc documentaries about this, he acts like, oh, they took a big risk on me because I'm a Latin guy and it was hard to get work because I'm a Latin guy. But I'm like, bro, you were offered like Philadelphia too. And you, you know, you weren't, it's not like you were eating top ramen you know, waiting for the next gig. You know, he was Here, here's his, his dirty little secret is that he's a rich kid from Colombia. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't, he hasn't struggled. How did he, I, I mean, how did he get rich? Every, <laughs> how did he get rich <laughs> yeah you know his 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 uncle his family were like politicians and in, in in Colombia and all that yeah i don't i mean i don't know i don't know i didn't i wasn't there in his private life but i'm willing to bet that he didn't struggle as much as he claimed he did yeah I mean, he's in a lot of movies i mean in, in yeah. the mid 90s and still i mean you know, then, but i mean his his evangelism for the super mario movie um is laudable because he's, he's coming on to the right um, conclusion that it's, it's an undying work of genius. Yes. Bob Hoskins had the Michael Caine effect. I didn't like the film, but I liked the house that bought me. <laughs> yes, that, but that's, that's the professional thing to say. Mm. Is everything yeah. I mean is a piece of shit. If you like it, you're a moron. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that you know, that's, the, you know that's, that's classy. It's classy. Mm -hmm. But the work speaks for itself, doesn't it, Zoli? Yeah, I mean, it, it lives forever. Yeah. Um, now, mind you, full disclosure, I never really liked the, the Mario aesthetic of, like, the, the, the puffy, cute, mushroom, cartoon, green, bushy thing. So genesing all that was never really a problem for, in, in favor of, you know, 1990s Street Sharks realism. And like Eric said, I mean, yeah, the, the deviations from the source, you know, either, you know, at that time, the most, the most, the, there was a Mario cartoon, the Mario cartoon would be the most strict example of the Nintendo version of Mario in, in another form. That's true, the, yeah. The, the jettisoning of all of that iconography just down to like the costuming and the weapons they use was completely, <laughs> completely fine and normal. The only you know what I... No, no, continue. no, continue, please. I mean, the the only real um, the only real problem 
the movie ever really, you know, has with the source material where they can't uh, reckon is the, the jumping boots. They need like super boots to jump. I, I never thought the jumping element of Mario was like important because in yeah. all video games you can jump, like press circle to jump, just a function. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think maybe you know Hannibal, Jaquiel, and mm-hmm. and Ed Solomon were maybe too literal with the whole the whole Jumpman Mario thing. Well, I saw I saw Parker Bennett talking about, oh, yeah, we gave him the boots. And I was like, when I was a kid, I just took it for granted that Mario could jump because, you know, jumping's a thing. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I didn't think it needed to be explained that Mario's really good at jumping. I think the boots are cool. I think it's a fun thing in the movie, but um, but it's not like I didn't need that explained to me. The Mario's I didn't jump. even I didn't even consider the, the boots being a reference to the jumping stuff in the game. I, I thought, I guess it is, that's the most obvious, but, but I thought it was, there's a boot power up in the third one that I would mm-hmm. never like getting because it sucked. I thought that's yeah. what it was. It, well, yeah, it's, it, 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 it's, it, it definitely is a reference to the power-ups and the boots and the hats and so forth. Cause they, they get their, you know, their normal New York costumes and they get their, you know, toy accurate costumes. But I mean, they, there's they, at no point does he get like a, a hat power up, but we have to assume that Dude, my brain cells is up. fucking dying by the there's a lot of symbiology and symbolism in the movie. Yes, and, uh, you have to trust we, the fungus. We have to, yes, we have to assume that the, the, the uh, hydraulic boots intellectually also represent the hat power ups, too. Mm-hmm. Because they both, yes. I wonder if no, in these new movies, Mario will get the hat with the eyes that has some personality. Know. Well, you know, Bob Hoskins is no longer with us. Yeah. For for a sequel, for a revival sequel. Re- yeah, exactly. Super <laughs> Mario World, the movie. Um, never I noticed this. I didn't think their jumping ability was a superpower or anything when I played the video game in the 80s, because I did play the Nintendo 64 when I was a kid. Um, but I just thought they were like spry Italians. That's all it was to it, you know. Yeah, I mean, did they can jump. Kind of like Terrence Hill type of characters, just doing acrobatics or whatever. Which you know is cool. might be what Miyamoto was influenced by when he created them, uh, the Mario Brothers. You know, you you know Bud Spencer and Terrence Hill. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Thin fat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, now people like to pretend like. Like the movie Brazil with Terry Gilliam uh, is an influence on the Mario concept, and that Mario being played by Bob Hoskins is all down to Bob Hoskins appearing as an above-average plumber in Brazil. Um, I never made that connection. Never did. I wow, know. I didn't even think about I, that. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's a legit connection or if it's just fate. Coincidence, yeah. Fate, yeah. There you go. It's better. Is both movies have the tube aesthetics down completely perfect? Mm-hmm. We take the tubing for granted in Mario. I mean, it, it, but it's the most real thing. Yeah. Well, we we've since collectively mentioned Ninja Turtles, Street Sharks. Now I'm just waiting for Cowboys of Moo Mesa, and my evening will be complete. Cowboys so, of Moo Mesa, Pirates of Dark Water. There's another one. I don't know. Were, those, were they syndicated? They may not have showed them in, in Minnesota. Or, or not on Fox Kids, which I was addicted to at the time. I never watched Cowboys of Mumesa either, but I was I was aware of them. 
I, there were there a lot of cartoons that never played in my network district. Things like Skeleton you know Wars. You know what didn't play in my neck of the woods was HR Puff and stuff. Yep, never seen no. it. I never saw Sigmund in the Sea Monster. No, you robbed. Um, <laughs> robbed of a real childhood. Insufficient childhood. Exactly. I never saw the pink lady and Jeff. <laughs> Neither did I. Not until DVD. No. Until the double. <laughs> Um, so Stuart, um, I'm going to guess you loved this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I've got a newsflash. I've just seen here, uh, Rob Zombie is, uh, not doing any more monsters movies. So at least that's something that's positive to take out of today. That's a, di- that is disappointing. Or me. Firefly, or well, he's done with the Firefly trilogy. So I don't, more of those. the Firefly trilogy is done. We can close the books, but the but monsters is unfinished. He's uh, no, he says, according to Zombie here, he's very satisfied with the way the monsters finished in the film, <laughs> which means they've told him that fuck off, you're not doing any more. They, they need to have a, a Butch Patrick child. I'm gonna I'm gonna call my my new best friend based Daniel Roebuck and ask why why the sequel's not happening. <laughs> yeah, you need to. You get the real story. Based grandpa. If not Rob Zombie, then Alexandre Aja should make it. The the Monsters 2 must be made. The show must go on. Get another guy from the Splat Pack to do it and make it PG. Get Fred Durst. He made a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you could get get Wes Borland to do the makeup for the Monsters. And the Limp Biscuit soundtrack to the Monsters. Yeah. No, seriously. Wes Borland could could and and John Otto and uh, uh, DJ Lethal could craft a potent soundscape for the monsters too. I'm, I'm, they should the they should use this. So lovingly, I like the movie too, but I think they should really take and it would man it would the only way to do it would be to, um, to sort of reboot it with the same cast. Um, is Hunter's idea. Where the monsters, it's a flip side of things. The monsters are the are the 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 boring straight people in this mm-hmm. new bizarre world. In upside down town, upside down yeah. world. Where they, they, AKA the horror convention, yeah. Yeah. They're they're the the the, the normies at the horror con. Not far know? from yeah. pre- not far from reality these days. No, really. I know. It's yeah. it'd, it'd be yeah. a good like updating of the, the concept because I think Rob Well, based Daniel Roebuck has a lot of ideas. Yes, he does. I, I can't so see him not. He'll be forced to. All the garbage at Target with, with Daniel Roebuck and uh, the other guy, the other guy who's uh, the guy who played from a monster of shit. Yeah, yeah. Daniel anyway, Phillips? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel Phillips. Jeff Daniel Phillips. He's as great as Fred Gwynn. He's even better. I'm <laughs> the real Hermit Monster. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I think that eventually Rob Zombie will be either, you know, pressed or seduced by all the plastic shit, and they'll have to do another. Let us hope so. Super um, Mario Brothers. Yes. All right. Yes. So, Did you play the game, Stu, before you tell us about the movie? I was 21, man. I was worried about chasing girls. I want to play my fucking Italians <laughs> running around, jumping on mushrooms. What are you talking about? Women love video games, Stu. They uh, love them. Yeah, girls love them now. Oh, yeah, right, <laughs> right. 
It's the thing. Like the girls on Twitch, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they used they used there used to be a time not that long ago where they used to uh they used to everybody used to clap back at the boob tubers as they were called. And now mm-hmm. the boob tubers are out and about in full force and nobody says anything. They just yep. accept it. Gotta be respectful and obedient. Yes. <laughs> you must you must be respectful of the boob tubers. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's weird there was no tie-in uh, Mario game for Mario the movie. There was no like video game. Isn't that weird? Did, Isn't that yeah. weird? I I, I would have. You know how they did that Batman Forever, uh, Mortal Kombat style yeah. animation? Yeah. You would think that they would have made one like that. I mean, there's you a know, Street Fighter. And it it's yeah, so exactly. that they, they did do Street Fighter the movie, the game. Um, <laughs> right. Um. But Nintendo, they've always just been a weird company. Like um, Roland Joffe even said that, you know, he kind of came to them with a lower offer because he was wanting to use this to build uh, basically fund to help bring in capital for a studio. It's light motive studio. And Nintendo's president, who is like this old, really like, kind of based old Japanese guy, probably a Yakuza or something, but oh, he's, he's, he's the guy likely. who said like, we don't, we don't make RPGs at Nintendo because they're for sad pe- people who sit alone in their rooms and cry. Yep. <laughs> like, he's, um... he's dead on. <laughs> Just a quick, quick question. The two old, Beast. well, the two Japanese guys at the end after the credits, was that the inventors of the game? No, that's the implica- that's the implication. And in fact, right. um, uh, John, and I'm sorry, Stu, we did skip over your, uh, we're going to get to it in a moment. John said earlier uh-huh. that it, <laughs> John said earlier about that um, he was confused by who was this made for? What was it that you said, John? That was, um, oh, shit. Who oh, was it made that, for? That you, no, not, not that, that. That he thought it was a shitty adaptation and that it had nothing to do with the game. So close to that. But the original idea was at the end of the movie, two executives from or representatives from Nintendo would come over to uh, Hoskins and Leguizamo to to get the life rights of what they experienced because they want to turn into the game. That kind of explains that like, oh, the movie is like kind of the what the games are based on. And so they took license with the games, obviously, and made them more cutesy for little kids because back then video games were actually for little kids. They still are, but adults play them. And... Uh, and uh, so, but then I get the the studio got cold feet on that because that would have been too meta at a time when that kind of stuff wasn't probably acceptable for an audience. But they ended up getting what they wanted anyway, sort of with that end credit sequence. I guess it was okay that it wasn't the Mario Brothers that the executives were going to, but the two henchmen, Iggy and Spike, and they also had it at the tail end of the credits. And by then, I'm sure people probably left halfway through the movie, much less stuck around for the credits. So uh, they figured they were safe there. Mm. Um. Anyway, funnily enough, Iggy is a character from the game, and he is yeah. named after Iggy Pop. Oh, and he has a brother named Lemmy, who is named after Lemmy from Motorhead. So, all that stuff it sounds is like that Mario. One Piece, where they just name everything, everyone like Dio and yeah. Um, I think it's sure. I think it's One Piece. Yeah, the- did Black Sabbath get better with Dio's beautiful singing voice, or did they lose the Sabbath sound? No, they got better. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's a different beast, but yeah, Dio's just you know a better vocalist. Um. Anyway, my yes. takeaway from this is 
Never again shall the film Master of the Universe be ridiculed, maligned after watching this shit. I like Masters of the Universe. So do I. But the thing is, everyone says, oh, it's not true to the, you know, the cartoon and it's just this and that. So well, well, I don't care. And, any, and I don't think the film's that good at all. It's, it's actually pretty fucking stupid, but compared to this, <laughs> it's Casablanca, yeah, man, compared to this shit. <laughs> I, 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 even though it can't, the, the, the Masters of the Universe movie isn't at all related to the cartoon set on Earth, I, I like it because, um, once again, it's a cartoon in live action. It's the only time, uh, I think, the, yeah, it's the only time He-Man was ever brought to life in any capacity. And it's a, a canon movie, so, you know. And that good. is the other thing I took away from this. This film should have had the canon logo at the start. It looks that cheap. <laughs> it was It was actually, I, I mean, I, I've, I've only, I don't remember what it really looked like in the theater, obviously, but I remember my memories of the a, a murky VHS tape. I guess it looks really bad on Blu-ray. No. Actually, quite the opposite. My my sixteen year old has it. He's obsessed with this movie, and um, he's a smart I, guy. No, he's not. <laughs> not that aspect. I love him to death, but not an aspect. I popped the Blu-ray in, and it is it is it pops. It's the same one you got, Hunter. The umbrella one. Yeah, yeah. It looks. Well, hold on. It it pops, but it looks cheap and terrible. No, no. The cinematography looks fantastic. Oh, okay, okay. Of course, but made by an Australian, so that helps. But mm. the rest of the film is just putrid. It just... Okay. And I, I didn't mind that cartoon of... Uh, not the... Well, the live-action slash cartoon with Captain Lou Albano and the other fella. Super Mario yeah. Bros. Super Show, I think it's called. The Super Show. The Super yeah, Show, yeah. That's all right. But... Um, Swing your arms from side to side. Side to side. <laughs> yeah. But... Man, it's almost just fucking bad. I just that oh. shows if, if I just have ephemeral memories of that show because it would come on way too early. I would only catch yeah. it if I if I got up at like five thirty a.m. to school. Or yeah, something. yeah, I remember that with the uh, it I, this the Mo- Super Mario Brothers Super Show played at a decent hour where I was, <clears throat> but the the one that was hard to catch was the Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon. Yes, so yeah, so- Sonic. Well, the 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 one that's much like this Mario movie, the Sonic at Am, as it's called now. Mm-hmm. The one that's in a cyberpunk future dystopian yeah. where Robotnik is basically one and he's turned all Sonic's little friends into robots. That's yeah. the one to watch, not that shitty Looney Tunes Tex Avery version. The one that, where, that... where he's like, I need a chili dog. <laughs> yeah, I think there's chili dog references in the in the other one too. But oh, the chili dog over the chili dog has entered into Sonic lore. But yeah. uh but I think it came from that Looney Tunes <laughs> one with the chicken robot yeah. and but both have had Jaleel White as Sonic. Yeah, I probably would have liked that Looney Tunes one if that was the only one that I saw. But I actually saw the Sad Am one first. So then when yeah. I finally got my hands on this other thing that was more um, available uh, mm-hmm. on TV at the time, I was just like, what's this crap? Yeah, that was the one that was easier to see. But I really wanted to watch the other one. And it was just harder to catch. Um, anyway, you boys just going off on tangents and we'll be here for seven we're hours. We're talking about video then- games. Do it on your own time, not mine. Okay. <laughs> now, um, I didn't like the film at all. I absolutely hated it. I get it. Yeah. And it's just, the acting was awful. Bob Hoskins looked like he did just, <laughs> oh my God, he was dire shame. It just, 
Oh, he was going man. back to the trailer for some of his libations. Yeah. Well, on one of the act, one on one of the extras on there, I popped it on for a second. He goes, oh, "I was doing Shakespeare in tights. Now I'm dressed like a fat Italian." I thought, "Well, <laughs> you chose it." Yeah, I don't think you get to complain. No, no, I disagree. Bob Hoskins was just as good here as the last two minutes of, of the Long Good Friday. There you go. Agreed. Well, Agreed. I envy you know you still in Australia because the Australian Blu-ray. Has the entire VHS footprint. Um, oh, it looks like shit, yeah. but well, it's there. That, that, is, that is the Snyder cut. It's the longer version where Mojo Nixon is restored to his human human self. Has long been like... an elusive prize to the fandom, and you know, I I, I had no idea that Umbrella. Put it on their version. Yeah, mm. that second yeah, the, site was the, the creme de la creme, but no, no, no. Yeah, the umbrella Blu-ray is is the way to watch this movie. There's nothing in Region One like it. You know, mm. I might have to get that then. Okay. Now, full disclosure, it's not available in Region One on Blu-ray at all, and it's not on no. Disney Plus, even though it is a Disney no. movie. So. Yeah, well, you can't get it there on Blu-ray at all. Oh, well, that's yeah. surprising. Well, I mean, no, Australia. I can't believe a uh, I can't believe one of these boutique labels hasn't done like the vinegar syndrome thing with it or something. But... Well, actually, well, speaking be... of that, Umbrella is just partnered up with Vinegar Syndrome, so that should be interesting what they're releasing in the next few months. I mean, oh. maybe they'll, they'll do it a 4K Super Mario. Now, mind you, that oh. that's a pie in the sky. Have, actually, okay. all, all jokes aside, it did play here theatrically last <clears throat> month for a week. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah there, there's a. There's a uh, there is a growing cult around the movie, so that's not too surprising. It mm. played not far from here either. Yeah, um, it's it's like if the fandom for this thing is strong on Twitter and stuff like that. If you go on the internet, like there's a lot of people who like this movie. Um, in fact, yeah. Uh, can you share uh, screen sharing with me, Stu? Yes. Um, because you know, there's actually the Stu. I have something here. That will make you um, angry. Want to? No, no, no. <laughs> you better not. You it'll make, me it'll make you want to buy a plane ticket and come right up here. Uh, let's see. Why is it not letting me share this? Double feature: Mario Brothers and Can't Stop the Music. Yes, it's it's a Can't Stop the Music Mario Brothers uh, crossover. Um, with lots can't of stop the, Can't Stop the Pasta. Is that what it's called? Can't Stop the Pasta. All right. Okay. Go. Right here Oof. at the National Video Game Museum, right up the street in Frisco, there is a exhibit dedicated to this movie going on right now. Oh, Jesus. Look at the, just ba bask, feast your eyes on that. Like all that stuff from the movie. Now, this is what it's called a proper exhibit. Yeah. Yes. That, 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 that right there is Hunter's living room. <laughs> <laughs> Does Samantha Mathis still fit in that? That's Hunter's Ooh. dress. Oh. <laughs> That's Hunter's dress. That's Hunter's dress. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. I've worn it. I've worn it to bed many he, times. He dresses up as um, <laughs> he dresses up as that princess, whatever fucking name is. I forgot. Oh. Is. <laughs> I've, I've generally forgotten her name. I don't know. Daisy. Oh, Daisy. Is Daisy, it? Daisy from the yes, Super yeah. Mario. What, what were those Game Boy Mario games called? Yeah, Super Mario Land. Super, Super Mario Land. Yeah. Anyway, Super Mario Land Two: The Six Gold Coins, first appearance of Wario. That one's great. Still. Playing. Anyway, mm. here's here's a fun fact. 
I just, I just, I was looking up the cast last night. And I said, oh, I know Bob Hoskins. I know John Leguizamo. I know Dennis Hopper, the poor bastard. I mean, if anybody should be embarrassed, it's Dennis Hopper in this thing. I mean, he's getting up too light. He He's great. He I love be, it when he... He, he should be happy favorite... he was in a big studio movie. Yeah. At that yeah. point. My favorite part is when he turns that guy into a monkey and he goes, monkey, monkey. <laughs> Best part of the film. So good. Yeah, I mean, Dennis, Dennis Hopper brings just as much in this movie as he does in Speed or uh, Meet the Beatles. He plays that. Well, actually, you know what? The 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 post drug Dennis post the post blue velvet Dennis Hopper villain is is a uniform character even in the first season of twenty four, um, mm-hmm. not threatening really at all. You know, it was the best Dennis Hopper film post blue velvet. It is Just flashback, right? flashback. I really oh, like that one a lot. It's funny. Yeah, it's a good film. It's a hard tool. Anyway, do you remember was... people people complained that he was Koopa and not Bowser? I don't remember Bowser being a thing at the time until until the N64 installment. I remember just being this is King Koopa. I think I didn't, uh, I didn't read I the he, manual. King later, Koopa right? King Koopa was his name in the Mario Super Show. I think he was widely known as King Koopa. You know? That's probably why. But if you read the I believe if you read the manual for the first game from 85, it was uh, Bowser King of the yeah. Koopa, but I I never read the manual. Yeah, it was Bowser, King of the Koopa, but it was just one of those things where it was kind of interchangeable. Yeah. The lore was kind of loose, loosey goosey. Anyway, um, I mean, Princess Peach, Princess Daisy, same name. It's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like Daisy, like now is like Luigi's girlfriend <clears throat> uh, canonically. And I think that prop might come from this movie because it absolutely does. Yes, absolutely. From this film. Uh, so yeah. does uh, Mario sliding down uh, ice, icy passages in Mario sixty four. Yeah, I wanted to get to that. Yeah, I, yeah. do you think that? Uh, do you think that had uh, influence on the game? The I think. I think. I think these movies did have a, a definite influence on the game. Uh, I know that people people act like Nintendo hates this movie, um, and uh, you know, and it's it's likely its failure made them gun shy about. Uh, at further film adaptations for a while. But um, Roland Joffe said that they basically said, you guys just do your thing. We make video games. We don't know anything about movies. Like, go ahead. Like, you know, go, you don't need any input from us. Like, no, um, I just made the mission and um, yeah, have a film, give it yeah. killing fields. Yeah. yeah. You well, take that video uh, game and you run with it. Shit. Well, and he ghost directed some of it because I think uh, Morton and Jankel were fired towards the end of production, and um, Joffe and and I think Dean Simler directed the second unit um, at that point. Anyway, yeah, anyway, I believe the final cut is just moving. I was looking up yeah. the cast on this last night, as I was saying, and mm-hmm. I knew some of the others. And I thought the one who plays Mario's girlfriend, Daniela, I said I know that face from somewhere. Who is she? So I looked her up. Her name is Dana Kaminsky. And um, well, okay, what's some other stuff she's been in? Because she looks very familiar. And um, I typed her in the Google search and brought up her Twitter. I thought, okay, this might show some things that she's promoting for films she's made. Um, no, it turns out in April 2020 was her uh, rant about Orange Man Bad, DT. <laughs> Just rants and rants and rants and rant, every one of them. Um, and she's saying, oh, I've had uh, 
the uh, the cough cough for three weeks now. It's all your fault, Donald Trump, etc. Uh, after that, no more posts. <laughs> Nothing for three Weird. years. So, oh yeah. So you think the um. And there's no more posts. There's no more posts on Facebook. There's nothing. Her Instagram's dead. So something of the Instagram's dead. Yeah, she may have followed it because there's been nothing for three years. For somebody posts frequently, and there was nothing well, after this... January six. Post nothing. So, full disclosure, well... Stu. Uh, Hunter and I were trying to. I mean, we still could do it because it'll take some time to edit this, but. Um, and you can cut this out, make a timestamp on this so it doesn't, you know, I don't know where it's at. Um, but uh, um, I found her phone number and uh, we're going to interview her to ask her some questions about it. But yeah, I I called and nothing, there's no answer. Mm. And when was that? About a week ago, less than that, like, oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. We were thinking maybe she'd be somebody to get, um. Yeah, my pitch was going to be like we go ahead. Oh, oh no, you. No, just that 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 everybody. <clears throat> there was a Variety article where they interviewed the directors recently. Obviously, like Wazamo has mentioned the movie many times, but they also asked him again. They interviewed him again, and uh, and she was kind of the only one who is a still alive and b we didn't hear from. So I thought you know I could. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but what you're telling me is she might not actually be with us anymore. She might be no, with not going by that. April 8th or 9th was about, about it. So, and for somebody who posts it, like I said, for somebody who posts as frequently as that, they don't just stop. Yeah. Yeah. And she's not high profile enough to where you could easily pass it, pass you by in the news. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. But uh, did y'all know Homer Simpson was in this movie too? No, who's he playing? He's the yeah, uh, narrator. Yeah, oh, he's the narrator. Yeah, that's really okay. Yeah, that was another thing I learned this time around. <laughs> yeah, but really, there's no story to this thing. There's nothing coherent at all. I think there's a story. I think there's more yeah. of a story than in the game for sure. Oh, it's, uh, last thing about the '64 influence. Um, do you reckon the um, the going through the paintings is also an influence from this movie? Going yes. through the wall. Yeah, going through the wall. The way the the way it moves is the same. Yeah, um, I think that definitely had it. I think they. I think it, these game. This movie did influence the games, uh, even though I think people might think Nintendo just hate this movie and wish it didn't exist, but um, I don't necessarily think that's the case. And Nintendo's always been close to the vest with everything. You know, they're, like I said earlier, they're a very strange company. The way they do business is not the way you think. Like, you know, you'd think there'd be a video game tie-in for this or for the new Mario Brothers movie. Nope. That's just not how they roll, you know? No. Yeah. Um, they've always been sort of a very strange group of japanese people who they they behave more like a toy company than a tech company or something. help me out is um mario games sorry zoli is mario are mario games still highly collectible zoli you'd know this oh yeah name, but... oh yeah oh, but people just like the uh the nintendo cartridges game boy, game boy games don't really hold their value some of them do but um people nes and snes games people need I know one of the marios is is, is absurdly valuable. i think it's super mario 3 maybe Right. Yeah. The, the if you can like sealed copies of those games go for like a lot, a lot. Like you don't see them sealed, a, you don't see them sealed a, anywhere. 
absurd amount of money. Um, uh, but even on the N- Nintendo Switch, you know the the games on that they tend to hold their value or appreciate. Uh, they don't really, you know, if you still if you go buy Breath of the Wild or Mario Odyssey, you're probably going to be paying what you would have paid for it when it was new, unless you're catching a weird sale or something. Retro video game collecting has ruined everything. Oh, yeah? it's the prices of it are through oh, the yeah. roof. No, mm. it's insane. Yeah, and you probably have one person to thank for that. Maybe somebody would have gotten there afterwards, but that's James Rolfe. Oh yeah, he's he's it he because he reminded us all of the junk that we forgot about when we were kids. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, you all remember the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game from Konami? <laughs> oh boy, do I. It's, do you it's think similar... the car? Go ahead. Sorry, Eric. It's similar to the vinyl revival of the last, say, seven or eight years with the yeah. video games. Have always been that way. It's always been highly collectible. There was a time I remember because in the early two thousands, my dad, for whatever reason, got this bug. To we had an NES back in the late eighties, early nineties, and it had been ten, eleven years since we even thought about it. Um, and he decided to go to some uh, pawn shop to get another one uh, to play the old game cartridges that we still had because our old system died ages ago. And um, it, everything was dirt cheap. I mean, we bought we bought cartridges in buckets. It was like a dollar a game. Uh, that's, this is like 2001 because it was when Twisted Metal Black came out. I remember there was advertisements for it. Hmm. Um, and it was all dirt cheap. All retro stuff was just junk, seen as junk. It wouldn't become huge until 2006 or so, seven. I'm, I'm telling you now, boys, and I'm telling anybody who will listen, these things, CDs, and I'm holding up, but you can't see because of the background, <clears throat> and DVDs will make a comeback. I'm telling you now. And people are throwing them out for next to nothing. Mm-hmm. And I was telling my sons yesterday, we were in the car, and I said, this is the golden age for collecting the DVDs and the CDs now because people are throwing them out and they will come back. I've seen it before in the 90s with the vinyl where they'll throw away friggin' you know, records for a buck each, 10 for five bucks, 20 for 15 bucks, or whatever, you know. Which now, God, yeah, some of this thing go for a fortune. I, I hope you're right, Stu. We'll see what happens because we're about to enter a global recession and the banks are going to fail and, you know, all the stuff you've been hearing about. It, you know, well, China's. Thing, China's yeah, it's more so, Eric, um, with CDs anyway, people are too used to Spotify. Oh, I can pull up this um, Megadeth album. That's fine until Megadeth say, we want it off the platform. Oh, shit. I had the first 10 Megadeth albums on CD. I gave them away. Now i got to scramble to find them because they're no longer on Spotify. Well, yeah, we'll have to see what happens first: censorship at that level, or or just complete collapse. And if it's complete collapse, then everything that we own is going to depreciate. Like uh, I won't say who who he is, but um, John knows. You know, somebody who's like the number one Bruce Lee collector, and and it's it, the time to sell that stuff is now, because all that stuff is yeah. going to be worthless as soon as the boomers are dead. All of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one will remember either. Yeah. I mean, CDs obviously have a longer lifespan than Bruce Lee because it was only 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, Bruce Lee was 150 million years ago. So might as well be anyway, the kids. Yeah. Um, so that CD I, I bought back in 1990 of Metal Church is still going strong 33 years later. And Bruce Lee 
died at 32. So they do have a longer lifespan. Well, I mean, his legacy, his legacy won't be worth anything once the boomers are all gone from the planet. Yeah. Yeah. And Joe Rogan was not a boomer. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know, I know I didn't watch the film, but just thinking about it, you lucky I didn't watch the film. <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't. I, I wanted to ask you, but I was like, you said to go on on a certain place, and I was just like, ah, it's okay. I, I remember it. Remember right. it well enough. Seen it a lot. Yeah, but I so I'm thinking about it now, going through my head and seeing clips. Is I realize now that the flamethrowers, which are very prominent in the movie, are the reference to the fire, uh, the fireballs, the, the 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 reference to the flower power ups. Oh yeah, I I noticed that when I was a kid. I was like, never oh, even thought about it. Never yeah. even thought about it. Do yeah. you think? Do you think that the car chase with the RC cars was uh, a Mario Kart reference, despite the fact that Mario Kart was released a few months after the movie? I think obviously they could have shown them some footage or something, and they thought they were forward thinking enough to think like, "Oh, let's throw this in." Or is it a coincidence? I think it was a coincidence because the writers never mentioned Mario Kart, and they talked okay. about playing Mario Brothers two. Um, but it's possible. The weird one. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Mario Brothers 2, which is not a real Mario Brothers game. Uh, Mario Brothers 2 in Japan uh, did not come to the US until much later because it was basically the same game as the first Mario. Same assets and everything. It was just really, really hard. Like it was just super hard Mario. And when they were doing, you know, what they said was Americans will not accept the same assets with just new levels. Um, they want a whole new thing. And so they took a game called Doki Doki Panic and they turned the assets into Mario-looking assets and they released that as Mario 2. That was um, also, Mario... besides the reskin, that was the name of the game back then because Zelda 2 is nothing like Zelda 1. Yeah, Zelda 2 was a complete... Like, Ze- the Zelda formula wasn't cemented until Link to the Past on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, Just like um, Snake's Revenge, the other, the Metal Gear sequel. That's Snake's on. Revenge, Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest Castle... is not... Yeah. Yeah, Simon's Quest, which you know that they would return to that with Symphony of the Night in a way that made more sense. Um, but uh, but with Zelda, like Mar- the real Mario Two came later. It was called Mario: The Lost Levels on the Mario All Stars Collection, and now it's I think you can buy it or play it as Mario Two. But speaking um, of that, there's a game that one of my sons, the one who bought the Blu-ray of this, was heavily chasing. Was it? Super Mario All Stars on shit. Super Nintendo. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, Mario All Stars yeah. was uh, a, a a kind of an upgraded version of Mario One, Two, Three, and the Lost Levels, the real Mario Two. And that uh, soon as that same thing... game, yeah, yeah, the same games, but with Super Nintendo level graphics. Right, I'll grab it from his room in a second. Um. But apparently, he was telling me when that thing goes up for sale, it sells within a few minutes. Um, I own a yeah. copy in Florida. I have to think about that. See how much it's going for. Just yeah, the cartridge, I, though. Yeah. yeah, no, it's not a cartridge. Anyway, I'm gonna. You boys carry on. I'm gonna be back in a second. Okay. Yeah. Um. Um. But the the reason I thought the Mario Kart thing might have been not just because the cars themselves that's kind of obvious but the fact that they were shooting projectiles at each other they were throwing the fireball you know i mean yeah i mean not yeah i mean but the the car aesthetics all come from max headroom but the the emphasis on like go-karts and shit 
you know, they don't have cars, they have go-karts mm-hmm. in Mario movies. So it's entirely possible that, you know, they, they were shown, you know, the hot new thing, which is Mario Kart. And they're like, we have to incorporate this. Because there's a lot of, in the same way that, like, you know, the fireballs are references to power-ups as well as you know, other things, it's, it's entirely possible that was their version of the then-nascent Mario Kart concept. Mm. yeah i mean could be it is possible because they were they were dripping nintendo garbage i mean even though they nintendo gave them like the hands-off treatment um you know they use those nintendo super scope things Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i'm surprised there was no mind you there was no super nes power glove but there should have been yeah that's true fucking free but yeah yeah, the the oh I was just gonna say Dennis Hopper's Devo gun is a clear reference to the Super Scope for the. Yeah, yeah. I I think if there was a Super Nintendo Power Glove, I would like to think that Dennis Hopper would have had one. Anyway, (laughs) this is what I was talking about. Anyway, for a start, Eric, that's the blue rabbit. Very good. If you don't like it, you can send it to me. That's my sons. (laughs) Yeah, gotcha. This is the game I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. It's got the work print on it. Yeah, and it's the one with Mario as a magician or whatever in the cover. Let me see. I didn't get to see it. Oh, oh that's a newer the, version for the Switch. The yeah. Switch. Yeah, that's, that's the one that goes super fast. I, oh, I've I got that, that one. I've got okay. that one. Mario 3D All Stars. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's um. Yeah. He was telling me, Dad, when if you see it on the stores or whatever, just get it. Because, yeah, because um, Nintendo they released that and they said it's only going to be available for this amount of time. That, that's it's it. Gone. It's out of print and it's not going to be available digitally either. That's so, right. Yeah, he goes. That's what he exactly what he said as well. Yeah. So yeah, it makes sense that that goes for crazy money. Yeah. You know what doesn't go for crazy money? That's Mario related. Is the Super Mario's original motion picture soundtrack? And I was listening to it thanks to Zolly. Zolly posted it on Twitter, and I was just I've never heard this thing. It, the first side A is nothing but bangers, folks. Nothing but bangers. I enjoyed it so much <laughs> at work. The soundtrack actually best. is better. You know, it's a strange that you you bring that up, Eric. Is I've never ever seen a credit sequence end credit sequence where the first thing you see is oh a song by rock set or by any way for that matter it's always cast directed by it. but for some reason this one was whatever the song's called by rock set i thought okay and yeah i no, mean our hot property back then in, in 93 rock set yeah. but to be at the start of the end credits bizarre choice it is odd yeah yeah yeah, you got you got almost re- unreal by Roxette. You got uh, the best version of Love Is the Drug by the Divinals. Uh, you got one for the kids. You got Walk the Dinosaur. That's one for the kids there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You got Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. I want you. <laughs> I would stop the world, Charles and Eddie. And then the last, the, the B side's not as great. There's a Queen song from I think Day of the Races in there. Tie yeah, yeah, mother tie mother down. down. Yeah. yeah. But no Limp Biscuit. No, no this Limp is pre Limp Biscuit. This is pre Limp. This is there's there's before Limp and and after. And this yeah. is before. That's how life is scaled. Yeah. Two thousand LB. Yeah, I don't know. I like the cast. You didn't like uh, Hoskins in the role. I like Hoskins in the role. Hoskins to me 
is kind of the first time a mainstream audience ever heard Mario speak for the most part, you know, outside of the super show. Um, I did hear that um, the guy that plays Mario since the 64 days, he was voicing Mario for the pinball machine from 1990, but I never played that. I never ran across that in the wild. So I don't know about that. And I'm, I'm willing yeah, to bet most of you didn't either. But this is the first time, like, we just, you know, I thought from then on Mario was going to have this Brooklynite accent, but that didn't quite quite come to pass. I like Hoskins in the role. I think Liguizamo is, uh, has good chemistry with uh, Samantha Mathis. It's a likable cast. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dennis Hopper's, uh, you know. I like, uh, and I like Fisher Stevens and Richard Edson as the kind of bumbling bebop and rock steady types. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um, and Iggy and Spike, Iggy yeah. and Spike, yeah. Um, I thought it all. You know, is it is it good? Probably not objectively, but but I thought it had a story. You know, you 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 introduce the concept of the women disappearing from Brooklyn, and you find you know, and that that gets paid off later, and all that, and then that leads to going into the Dino Hatton dimension. Looks like. Uh, a lot has been made about conspiracy theories. What's that terminology where they show you something in a movie that comes to pass in reality 10 years later? There's a what's the conspiracy term for that? Um, is it something, something programming? Like... Predictive, predictive programming. programming. Pre predictive yeah. programming. That's clearly like, what that, that's I mean, not clear. I don't know if it's the truth or not, but like obviously the two towers is it looks like Yeah, I was gonna say this has that in there with the twin with 9-11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, also, has it with the Brooklyn Italian chicks? I mean, they couldn't have made any more of a caricature than what they did. What they are? I don't know if they really like that over there. I have no idea. Listen, if Marissa Tomei won an Oscar to 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 for for uh, my cousin Vinny, then I think Dana Kaminsky is is uh, do some respect from the uh, yes. from the Academy Awards. Quite frankly, I agree. She needs an honorary Oscar. Yeah. I mean, as presented by Donald Sorry. Trump. <laughs> you think she was she, she, still alive? You think if she's still alive? Do you think if Trump was presenting, would she refuse? No, no, no. She she wouldn't take it. Yeah. <laughs> Orange man, bad. Not taking it off him. Yeah, I found her on Facebook. She was posting. She was putting up uh, Bernie stickers. So I was just like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. well, yeah. that's, that's about what I expected. That's fine. And I think Samantha Mathis is still alive. Yeah, she's fifty. Never married. Um, is into kooky people. So, uh, yeah, she was recently interviewed on Guardian. Although I did, uh, even though she didn't mention the Mario Brothers movie on the Guardian, because it was mostly about River Phoenix. Um, she did, her only comment that I could find on the movie was just like, I'm very uh, proud to be a part of it because people come up to me even now and, and, and say, oh, you're a Princess Daisy. So I'm, I'm I was happy to be part the of this Princess disaster. Daisy. The only one. Very the only one. Is Princess Daisy in the new movie? Um, I don't think so. <clears throat> I could be wrong. I did somebody say? Did somebody say that new Mario films made a, a few bucks at the theaters? Isn't is Princess Daisy, Princess Peach, the same person? No, because Daisy. I mean, yeah, for our purposes in '93, yes, it was Princess Peach. Oh, even yeah. though we just, I just knew her as the princess at the time. I didn't peach. This whole Peach thing didn't come out till '96 with Mario '64. Um, yeah. and if she had, if she was named, I think she was Princess Toadstool, wasn't she? Um, yeah. but, but, uh, but Daisy was in the uh 
the Game Boy Mario games that we mentioned earlier. The ah uh, yes, that, and the Game Mario Boy Lands. Was, yeah, she was of the NES games. Yeah, she was not invented for the film. She was invented in 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 the Game Boy games. Uh, uh, Stu, you answered. What was your question? Somebody said that this uh, latest Mario has made a few bucks. I keep seeing that they that they they cucked Disney or something. I don't know. I'm not following. Yeah, it's, it's got, it has the biggest opening weekend for an animated film ever. Oh wow! Holy oh, shit! What's it made? Yeah, it's you know it's a monster movie. It's made like three hundred something million worldwide, like three twenty nine <laughs> or something. Because people like to point and say, "I know Jumpman." Yeah, yes. That's a lot of fucking tofu sold at the buddy concession stand, I tell you, man. I hope but, parents took their kids. I hope I hope 20-something, 30-somethings didn't go see this. Uh, oh, my niece thing. went with her, my brother-in-law, on the first day, first session, apparently. Okay, well, that's that's her father, so that's fine. Yeah, and I'm my, talking uh, about... I'm talking about people my age going. I mean, Zolly, uh, uh, you you know, excluded, of course. I'm talking about people my age going by themselves to go see. I mean, I, I I don't think I'd go see Mario, but I I I'd have to be okay. dragged to the theater. I'm surprised. Yeah. I thought you see everything actually. I I do, but like, like children's movies, no, it's too depressing. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's what I yeah, that's how I feel. The last children's movie I saw like by myself was like I forget which Pixar. It was a Pixar movie about seven years ago, but the, the experience was, was so demoralizing and depressing that I didn't want to do it again. Toy Story I mean, 3? Any... Yeah, I think it was Toy Story. I think it was, uh, it wasn't like it Ralph. It was, uh, I think it was Inside Out. Inside Out. Okay. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I, I haven't seen anything Pixar related since Toy Story 3. I think in retrospect, even though I liked uh, Toy Story 3, and I liked all the early 2000s ones like Monsters, Inc. and Finding Nemo and all that, and Incredibles. I th oh, Incredibles probably still is good. But um, I, I think in retrospect, probably the best Pixar made is the first, is the stuff in the 90s. Because after that, it's look, looking back at all that stuff, um, Monsters, Inc. has some really creepy undertones about it that I was just like, what is it, what is it? You know, kids and drain of home. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's why they fired John Lettuce for real. I mean, you know, it, it isn't just, you know, unwanted touching of the furry other kid animators. It's Yeah. Probably, and anything post Toy Story 3, you can just fucking forget about. All that shit is garbage. Nothing is even memorable. Like, I don't I can't even tell you what the good dinosaur is about. It's not memorable. It's about a good dinosaur zone. Yeah, but like the better dinosaur movie is obviously Super Mario. Yes, absolutely. And it's I wonder if Disney still owns it in America. They must. That's a good question. Yeah, Hollywood was it Hollywood Pictures with the, yep. the Sphinx? Hollywood yep. Pictures. I thought because I stopped seeing I that logo was pretty rare. I mean, they they made it as a as another as an additional touchstone picture so they can have their more adult oriented stuff play in theaters but um i i was under the impression that mario brothers because it was such a tremendous flop that that killed that brand off but no their biggest hit ever was almost uh was like six years later with six cents the reason they stopped uh using uh, uh putting movies out on that brand was because by the time 2006 rolled around pixar was you know uh running on all all cylinders and and i guess uh disney animation was doing okay they felt 
that they're going to stick to the brand that they're known for, which is Kitty Fair. So they're not going to put out these adult films anymore. Yeah, I mean, Disney totally stopped making it. The last, like, I mean, they made <laughs> something like, where Chris Pine, like, saves people on the ocean. But that, was that a real, but, that's, but that was like a PG movie. It wasn't like an adult, like. Like Which one? I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. The Finest Hours, I think, was like the last Disney movie that's like a normal Disney movie that's not. Yeah, poor cat. <laughs> I'm sorry, Stu's laughing and there's a poor cat there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're probably movie, right. That and I think Million Dollar Arm, and after that they just only make you know, Disney garbage. Disney garbage, yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Anyway, Eric. Oh, no, yeah, um, you're right. Just to answer your question, I was looking up there is somebody who went to the theater um, by themselves. I'll just show you who it is. <laughs> How did he make it to the theater? <laughs> Can't seem to get out of that chair. Those he, got a, parts, di- those beamed his, he got a beam to his computer. <laughs> <laughs> What's those um, things called? A rascal? <laughs> so i know i know everyone is i know everyone here is hungry for more of this iteration of super mario brothers yes so i can tell you that there is a sequel web comic that was made with the involvement of one of the of parker bennett one of the screenwriters so there you go okay and how is it is anybody it takes off where the cliffhanger left off i I dismissed it Dismiss you, you dismissed it okay i dismissed it when it when it happened i was like you know it has to be a real movie yeah i agree i actually agree with that yeah webisodes yeah, are so 2000 it's such a dead well like, i don't really feel that like super mario brothers ended on a real cliffhanger that needs answering it's really oh like that's a good point, Zolly, that you bring up. Because when I watch the end credits, I said, "Oh, you poor bastards! You primed yourself up for a sequel that never came." Yeah. <laughs> why do you think it bombed? Because because it's fucking well, shit. It's why. No, but nobody knew. Nobody knew that at the time. Like, what didn't get audiences to the theaters? Because video games were damn big in 1993. Um, Mario was damn big in well, 1993. You know, Rocky Morton's theory is that there was kind of a parental backlash against video games that you know they were like oh my kid doesn't do his homework he's playing the mario games you know he thought maybe parents kind of revolted and didn't take their kids to see it um i think there could be something there uh but you know mario was big mario was more recognizable to kids than mickey mouse you know so uh it may have been this movie just didn't really resemble the product and maybe kids weren't clamoring to see it i don't know but i think that's what it was yeah i think that's what it was Mm -hmm. the marketing didn't reflect the game so the kids it looked like a fake thing do you you think think this would have worked better as an animated feature yeah it would have made more money it seems Mm -hmm. to be yeah and it's working well right now as an animated. well yeah but the the now yeah but 30 years after it's totally different culture i don't know Mm -hmm. i'm going to push back on that a little bit here's why uh, maybe it's apples and oranges, and you can tell me to fuck off. But no, don't know. hold on, hold on, because because the Batman movies made a ton of money and they were a darker tone, and all that. Yeah. Uh, what's basically Kitty Fair? <clears throat> I went to go see Mask of the Phantasm in ninety, the same year, I think. 
And it, it was a horrible bomb, wasn't it? Yeah. Nobody went to go see. Yeah. Nobody went to go see. Best animated feature of Batman. In my yeah, opinion. Probably. Yeah. No, um, I think yeah. so. Oh, oh well, the yeah. Show, if, the show was on TV can... every day. So I think there was kind of an overexposure to the that version of Batman. I and think... it was just too easy. And the Super like Mario Super Show. That, that they threw in the theaters yeah. at the last minute, I think. It stepped on it. Batman the but cartoon I think... stepped on Batman the cartoon movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't see Mask of the Phantasm in the theater. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it was I didn't feel urgency because it seemed like the same product as what I was getting on television. Yeah. And visually, it's not that different from the TV show. It's a little better animated, but not mm, yeah. by that much. Yeah. Um, do you think the fact that there was no stars in the movie hurt it? Because we were still living in a star world. It's not like today where we don't have stars anymore. We got whatever, trans activists or whatever we got. Um, back then, stars were still key. And this has no stars in it. Mm-mm. Yeah, that would definitely think- I think so, because if you had a, mo- a bankable star, it probably would have made parents a little more uh, receptive to going to see it. Was John what Candy still get... alive back then? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was, actually. He oh, would okay. die in 94. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they shot this in summer of 92. There you go. <clears throat> John Candy. Um, and Dan Aykroyd as Luigi. The problem was is that he was originally cast as Mario, but they couldn't fit him into the cheap sets you guys were talking about. Oh, boy. No, Anyways, uh, that was Chris terrible. Farley? So the... Was he alive? Chris, <laughs> Chris Farley was a good pick at that time. He, he, yeah. he, he, was, he was big on SNL. He'd be perfect for the role. He'd snort cocaine and grow six feet tall. You know? He'd grow two <laughs> yeah. stories tall. You know? um, <laughs> but... Uh, but oh. uh, yeah. <laughs> stupid, stupid, slap him. <laughs> uh, Terrence Hill and Bud Spencer, they should have gotten them. Hmm? Yeah, no, <laughs> really, we're bombed. I mean, I, I like them too, but no one knows who they it, are. You know what? Italy, if 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 the movie came out in Italy, I'm, it probably did. And if it made money in Italy, we would have gotten a ripoff of, of, of it with uh, Bud Spencer and Terrence Hill, Chris yeah, Farley and David Spade as Luigi. Boy. Yeah. Would have done it. yeah. I mean, I'm perfectly happy with the choices. The choices are iconic, as Zolly would yeah. probably say. Yeah, I mean, I can't see anyone else as, as Mario or Luigi. It's difficult. It's very difficult. And, you know, my, my brain, that's the real, that's how it really was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So why do you think... Go, why do you think dinosaurs were a thing with kids? And this is not because of Jurassic Park. This no, is way before, before that. This yeah. is land before time, 1986. Like, what was going yep. on where they were pushing? What kind of was there like an archaeological find at the time where dinosaurs were th- big and better than ever? What was going on? Wasn't there a T Rex found archaeologically in the late 80s? Early I don't know why, like, people were like, T Rex really looked like that. Therefore, let's get excited. I don't know. A, a cartoon from my childhood. Friends. A cartoon from my childhood that hasn't really come back in the nostalgia factories. Dino Riners. Do y'all remember Dino Riners? <laughs> I don't. I remember Dino City, and I remember we're back. Well, Dino Riners was like time travelers. We're going back to the dinosaur period, and like you know, putting like mind control technology on dinosaurs and using them to fight each other. It was awesome. That does Wait, sound pretty cool. I had like I think a um I think I what it was I think, like I, a brain I, I think I have your answer. Cars got boring. 
uh, because when I was a kid, I liked dinosaurs, and this is in the 70s, and we had Godzilla movies on TV and the Harryhausen stuff on TV and stuff. But um, but kids mainly played with Hot Wheels. And yeah. 70s cars, you still had the muscle cars, you still had good-looking vehicles. Almost every car looked kind of cool. Even a dorky little Toyota Corolla would look kind of interesting. And in the late 80s was kind of the rise of the moon buggy cars where they just all look like they all look like golf carts or something. They just were mm. very ugly vehicles, you know, like and I think that car culture started to subside for kids, you know, to get them interested in that. And uh, you'll notice today there's no car shows where you're going to see cars from the 80s and 90s. Nobody cares. And mm-hmm. uh, with kids, I think they looked for other things and dinosaurs were a thing. You know, wasn't superheroes, wasn't really, except for Batman. Maybe kids uh, always have dinosaur faces. Yeah, yeah. It's like, but like dinosaurs get bigger, I think, with kids. Because at the time, I was like oddly unique in that I liked dinosaurs. Other kids were Hot Wheels and all that nonsense. And um, and I I remember really liking them in the 70s. But yeah, they were always somewhat popular. But I think in the late 80s, it was kind of the other things started dying off. And it might have been exposure to dinosaurs and stuff like video games. Who knows? Wasn't it a toy line? I think it was a toy line of dinosaurs that came out in the late eighties. I, I can't think of one that's popular. Maybe. Maybe was there a, was there a teenage was there a teenage mutant ninja turtle or was there a dinosaur equivalent of a of a ninja turtles show or something? I don't think so. Yeah, it was teenage mutant ninja dinosaurs. There was a Henson sitcom dinosaurs. Dinosaur, yeah, yes. no, it was it was all over the place. There was dinosaurs. Yeah. There was prehysteria. There was um, oh yeah, uh, Land Before Time, obviously, which mm. got a million sequels in the nineties. Uh, there was We're Back. Anybody remember that? Yep, yeah, that was a Spielberg um, production. Spielberg cartoon, yeah. Um, I think once Jurassic Park, a carnosaur. Once, well, that's not for kids. But once Jurassic Park came out, that would kind of put the kibosh on it because it was just like, okay, this is the definitive one. Yeah. It's, it's not However, it's, its, it's yeah. not—it's reached its peak. However, one one movie dared, one movie dared the next year later, and it was called The Flintstones. Yes, <laughs> and the Flintstones did okay. The Flintstones yeah. did yes, okay. it did. Yes, it did. Yeah. Well, and it, it, yeah. it cast it, it cast people who looked like the part, and the yeah. production reflected the cartoon. Um, Brian Levent is like a huge fan of that and the Jetsons. Um, that's why, I guess, uh, they didn't hide from They had no reason to hide or be apologetic about the source, I guess. And it was produced by, by, it was produced by noted producer Steven Spielrock. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, he made a big difference. Um, but, I mean, with Ninja Turtles, Dick, with Ninja Turtles, Tim Burton, Batman, and Super Mario, you have a somewhat apologetic tone about this is stupid shit for kids. Yes. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and the Flintstones did not, at any point, uh, imbue itself with that in the movie version. Nor did no. it be. Nor did it even, you know, throw shade on the fact that the the Flintstones. Is just the honeymoons. At no point did they feel the need to like take a shit on that. Now mm-hmm. with like modern versions of television programs like Todd Phillips's Starsky and Hutch, they will oh, it's bad. You know, just take a shit on the thing. Yeah. Yeah, was Flintstones the last one where they didn't take a shit? I'm trying to think. 
the monsters did that take yeah, the, the monster well that that's yeah. that is that is a that that is a uh an anomaly mm-hmm. the i mean I, I like flintstones viva Rock vegas also but it i never saw that one <laughs> i never, never saw it either is that the one that had the fred schneider song in it um or was that the first one that was the first one i think the first yes, one okay. um, first one i'll tell you what the first one has halle berry yes, yes. it does Mm-hmm. Inner Prime. Yeah. 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 And it's got Kyle McLaughlin <laughs> as the villain. Yeah. Yeah. The last time his name meant anything in a film. Yeah. I mean, he could have a post Twin Peaks 2 revival. I don't know. Mm. Where he comes back as a tree. As a tree. Or is it somebody else? <laughs> tree. He comes oh, back man. as uh, the tree woman from The Guardian. Hurricane <laughs> Billy's <Dude>. movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've never seen it. I want to. I want oh, to. I saw too. it in the theater. My first freaking, no, my second oh, freaking no. in the theater. Oh, no. <laughs> saw it opening weekend. Mm. So I, I want to hear from the Gen Xers real quick. What, when this movie came, Mario Brothers, when Mario Brothers came out in 93, you guys were already in your early 20s. You probably, mm. Was this even on your radar at all? Nope. nope. Not really. Okay. Would, I would go to the yeah. theater a lot uh, just because I worked from uh, the building I was at across the road was a theater and the movies were six, seven bucks. So I was going all the time, single guy, no kids, no family, none of that. And I remember seeing the Super Mario Bros. poster. Nope. No interest. It must have dropped like a rock as it did. And then it was just like, it was still during the time where if you, you know, if movies made money, they stayed for a whole year in the theaters. Um, yeah. If they didn't make, if they didn't make money, you're out of there. Even the bad review for it didn't entice me. Unlike people under the stairs, got a half out of five. I ran straight to the theater after work that day to see it. I had to see it, but Super I, Mario I mean, Bros. couldn't care less. Yeah, no that was a time when I was, I, I was like, okay, I'm an adult. I'm too old for kids' movies, and we just didn't go see them back then. It's like, mm. yeah, I'm not taking my girlfriend to see Super Mario Brothers. It's just not happening. But, you but know, 14 years later, you'd watch the Ninja Turtles movie. Yeah, exactly. Things just changed. That just shows you how the culture weirdly yeah. changed. It was strange. Like, when I went yeah. to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, the movie, I took my little brother to see it because he loved the cartoon. And I wanted to see it because it was a Golden Harvest production. And I knew Hong Kong people had worked well, on it. So I wanted to see it. <laughs> if it had a decent you, action. You something to it. <laughs> <laughs> we went there to the first opening day after school, and that place was packed with kids. And I said, "Oh man, this is going to be the most successful movie of the year because I've never seen a crowd like I haven't seen a crowd like this since uh, maybe Return of the Jedi or something." I, I heard Mario it was Jedi. like that for the new Mario Brothers movie. I heard the theaters are just oh, bursting. I, I all of my friends who have kids, all of them dressed up as the Mario Brothers, and I, they, they took pictures, posted them on Facebook. They were going with their kids to go see the movie. I suspect it's because the adults wanted to see it more than the kids. But uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Mario's still big with kids. Still big. Oh yeah, it's a big seller. I can tell, you know, from my own children, they they love Mario. But I mean, I don't see the appeal. But I'm a different generation for them. I'm sure they're well, not the listening to Sha Na Na like I am. <laughs> we think what's this yeah. shit? Well, the games are really good, you know. Yeah. I don't know. The games I just haven't got time for games like that. Like yeah, games. no, I know. I, I mean, I haven't played, you know. I haven't touched but a Mario game in decades. Since, 
since Galaxy, I think, and that was 07. So I played I played Odyssey, so I'm I'm still I heard that was fantastic. I heard look Great. everybody knows the N64 is the revolutionary game and you can't really improve on it, but I heard that Odyssey is like the first best successor to it. Oh yeah, Odyssey is it's it's incredible. Are people buying these N64 games? When was that period? Of that. that was like 96. 96. Everybody, Zali had a very good theory that I believe, um, because I'm the same age that he is. Um, the 90s, unlike all the previous decades from the 20th century, I guess the early, I guess the 19, the first 10 years, they were kind of defined by the Edwardian age, but they were kind of misty on what the hell, what could define that, that decade. But the next decade, the war would define it. The 20s, the roaring 20s, uh, 30s, depression, 40s, another war, uh, 50s, prosperity, you know, the, the clothes, the music, rock and roll, things like that. Mm. 60s, even though everybody thinks it was always psychedelia and hippie and shit, that was only the last like three mm. years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, 70s is the reverse of the 60s, hopeful. It's not hopeful anymore. It's just drugs and death and uh, gas shortages and, and all that. 80s were kind of back baby sort of deal reagan uh, everything's going great again 90s not so defined not so defined um mike malloy noted gen xer will tell you <clears throat> that the 90s were defined by the grunge era i don't believe that no the grunge era is that. very very short it was such yeah. a short window of time that's like the 60s yeah. where it's like that's a yes. that's yeah. a moment exactly i don't like three i do not i do not believe that I think the 90s, and this is Zali's theory, I think the 90s began in earnest when the N64 was released in North America, which is, which is, uh, was, tell me Zali, it was September, but really, if you really want to get technical, October, October, but if you really want to get technical, the 90s didn't begin till Christmas 1996, because that's when everybody actually got the fucking system. Yes. But then you're talking about a short window of time again, you're talking three years. I'm talking no, well, because Zali extends it. Zali extends right. it to 9/11, and I believe yeah. that. And sometimes on a good day to 2004, but yeah, the sure, yeah. Five years. I'm getting. I told Hunter I'm getting nostalgic. I never thought I would be, but I'm getting nostalgic for the early 2000s. Oh, me too. Mm -hmm. Like the, the people, the the color, the clothes, the the music. It's like a, yeah, it's like a, it's, like it's a happening. Era that never was. Yeah, it's, it's happening. See to me the two thousands is empty. There's nothing of the early of the aughts that I remember. It's possible you had to be a kid. It's possible you had to be our age. Oh yeah, yeah I think it's I think a lot of it like I was a teenager, you know. Hmm. So. Yeah, because I agree with Stu. I didn't go to as many movies and started cutting back no. and wasn't really yeah, into current was... music all that much. Honestly, the nineties for me anyway was the films. Um, say the early nineties. Really through the nineties, but really in the early nineties, no one understands here except John how big the WWF, the wrestling, and now the WWE was. It was fucking huge. Oh, it was huge. It was, it was, Hulk, Hulkamania, I wasn't around for it, but I mean, that was the eighties. That was that was the eighties. But, but yeah. the late nineties wrestling was huge too. It was, oh, it was massive. massive. He had the WWF, yeah. the WCW. Oh, that's what you're talking TV. about. Oh, okay, yeah, because yeah, it was competition. Kids... It was crazy. Yeah, yeah, all the kids in that my was, school and middle school loves. That was some yeah, harsh same here. I went to, I went to a WWF match in 1999. Oh, uh, you got in the prime of the Attitude Era. Yeah, I saw The Rock. You know, it was yeah. it was fun. Um, it's possible that I had the front row seat to that because Florida is kind of a wrestling haven. 
Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. And uh, oh, and wrestling games were huge on the Nintendo sixty four. Like, oh my god, was... and they were so good. I didn't even like wrestling. I love those games. Yeah, yeah, I'd play them all the time at friends' houses, and um, you know, like Fred Durst would be in it or something. <laughs> yeah, No Mercy, Revenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to me, the nineties were defined by the grunge from ninety one to ninety four. As John said, it was three years. It was gone. People seem yeah. to think, oh, it lost it through 2010. No, it was dead. No, when Kurt no. Cobain died, it died. As, as, and, and I don't really care for Nirvana, but Soundgarden, as I've always said, is a far superior band. But by 95, 96, no one really cared about Soundgarden. Well, that and that grunge, sound got, that grunge sound kind of got cadillac into a corporate rock thing with like, you know, bands like uh, Creed, uh, Nickelback, uh, you know, Live, uh, uh, stained you know they all kind of had this formula the post grunge stuff where that sound sort of just became one yeah but so the thing. 90s were divine, defined by a multitude of factions you had the grunge along with the films of the early 90s because the films of the first half of the 90s were far superior to the late 90s ones in my opinion then you go to the second half of the 90s you've got new metal was massive it was friggin everywhere and the wrestling was massive as well worldwide so, yeah 90s seems to be defined by a hodgepodge of things it is the other yeah. the other decades it's more like okay you could pick and choose either you one pigeonhole you can pigeonhole yeah, you can definitely pigeonhole it yeah. yeah yeah the music in the 70s everybody thinks it's like oh it's the big disco era but no like disco was not really a thing up until like i, I want to say 74 because it was just a gay thing it was a place for gays to cruise at for a while we really didn't hit and big till 77 i'd say 77 it, yeah. but by 77 it was already kind of dying the only reason it came back in a big way was because saturday night fever was a huge hit and donna summer was donna, donna summer village people yeah. of course yeah, yeah. they'll you know as much as you dislike them they did really set that sound as well Oh, I um, feel love is an amazing, uh, oh, amazing tune. Yeah, it's stunning. Donna Summer seems to be so forgotten, and I mean it's just sad because she was, yeah. Well, she she did a rant that got picked up in the press that uh, gays deserved AIDS, <laughs> that it was God's judgment on them, and yeah. so she kind of she kind of got trashed and burned her own core audience, and I think that that hurt her. Rep Plus, a she bit, said but... also she'd only ever date white guys. She didn't want to go black guy. Did she all. say that? Yeah, yeah. She she only ever <laughs> she dated really a married that? white guy. Oh yeah. No. Interesting. Yeah, because yeah. her a lot of her audience was gay. Holy shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely yeah. killed it. I remember when that quote hit the papers and it was a it was a big deal. That 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 was back when we didn't have twenty four seven entertainment tonight media. It's like and that got picked up in like every newspaper. Hmm. We didn't have twenty four seven news. We had Lucho Fulci's in America uh, movies in American theaters next to Treasure yes. of the Four Crowns. What a time to be alive, people! Yes, eighties are very different. I what a time to be alive! And... I tell you one thing now, boys. If they ever, if, if tomorrow they will say all social media is to be wiped and never to come back, I'd be very, very happy. The only positive I can possibly think that would go away is I like YouTube because I like to use it as a radio, essentially. Yeah, but I'm I like the. Yeah, social media though, Eric. I'm talking oh, about social media. Facebook. Okay, well, I was, social media. I'd be, I'd be all right with the internet oh, yeah. being wiped out entirely. Quite frankly, I'd, um, I'd have to go to the Warner Music Building and and start attacking people physically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I miss, miss YouTube. I miss YouTube. 
<laughs> I would miss YouTube too. But I, I, every day that goes by, I just think like, and I spend so much of my time on the internet, uh, most of it. And I, and I just think that like the world would be better if we just could go back and not have this thing at all times and kind of not be doing what we're doing now, which is fun. But I think we'd be all be better off and we'd be healthier if yeah. the internet just wasn't around. Well, you reckon, John, we lived it in the seventies and the eighties. It was yeah well i think i think Money. the three younger people here it, it lived it as well i mean i didn't yeah, i didn't really absolutely. even but you didn't, I didn't really get into yeah no, but the thing is by the time the internet really hit about what 94 95 got big say yeah but nobody was it didn't yeah. become it mainstream until 2008 and yes there was yeah. plenty of people on in the early aughts i didn't get on until 2005 the um, internet was really the wild west back in the 90s oh yeah yeah i didn't wild get on until 99 i think i got an email account like yeah i got about 99. 90, 98, 99 sounds about right, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think. I can't remember. It was so long ago. But this is the blur of Star Wars episode one trivia and facts. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, when are we doing when are we doing a midnight millennial cowboys of Phantom Menace? When does that happen? Oh, I'm I'm down for that. I know the other two. So, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not I'm not millennial, so I'm out. Yeah. Um it has redeeming value. I think it's the best of those first three. Of, well, of the prequels, anyway. Yes, it is the best of the prequels. It, yeah, absolutely, it's, absolutely. It's, it's better than I enjoyed three. I thought it was all right. Yeah, I enjoyed three too. Mm. I'll save it for the show. Uh -huh. Um, yeah, for the show, we should. We we could just do the prequel trilogy. Just go through them all. Um, True. Yeah. yeah. Well, you but, can't uh, talk about Phantom Menace without talking about the other two, anyway. You can't. You just have, you have to talk to, about yeah. them. Yeah. One. It's one work. Um. So uh, the work of one of one man too, though it's a vision of one person, regardless regardless of the quality, it's the work of one person and a bunch of slaves, but the yeah. vision of one person. And that's the that's what makes the difference between this Mario Brothers that we're talking about from 30 years ago, almost to the date, and the new one. The one from 93 might have been a nightmare to make with studio interference and maybe directors that didn't know what they were doing or at least that's what the actors claimed but the 90s was the early 90s was the if you've ever seen the player that's what hollywood was like the executive was the king mm -hmm. that's why you had that's why you had uh executive uh celebrities like uh joel silver and people like that and if anything mario brothers does seem like it has a vision Whereas the new one has a vision of, you know, like it's a group think sort of scenario. It's all corporate nonsense. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I didn't I, see the movie, but that's what I'm, I'm going to assume because that's what every movie yes, is now. Well, anyway. that's I what, it, they're all, you know, and, but I, th I think a lot of people are like, because this Mario movie is so pure to, or, or just so much of that in terms of what it's so beholden to the games people are like latching onto it as an anti-woke thing because it's not like, you know, recasting anything. It's not, doesn't seem like yeah. it's directed by the HR department, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not like the but, new Spider-Man film where uh, Peter Parker's got a badge that says uh, hashtag BLM. Are you kidding? You're not no, joking. No, it's serious. And also it's a uh, trans kids rights or some shit as well. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to call Daniel Roebuck about this. He's not gonna be happy. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but so uh i think that's a good spot to leave off on where do we want to what do we want to rate mario brothers eric you go first oh gee um i'm giving it a seven seven i'm yes that's what i give it to zolly what about you I'm, I'm giving it a seven also because uh it'd be a 10 if the full work print was finished and released but, um, well, uh, umbrella that awaits point, your order, Zoli, and they'll be able point, to have, make you happy. Until that point, it remains at a seven, but a strong seven. Yes. I had strong. a debate with myself internally. I thought I was going to give it an eight, but then I went seven. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, uh, if on a scale of five, I'd say it's a five, but on a ten scale. Sure. That makes sense. That makes more mathematical sense than the people at Letterboxd. Uh, what about a hundred With their stupid ratings. Like I, I, I gave it an 80, yeah. yeah. So basically, it's 8 not, out of 10. It's not perfect, That's but it's like, you know, it's up there with the, the deal of the century. Some other stuff. You know, some other movies that are there. John, what about you? Uh, I give it a 3. Uh, I like the dinosaur animatronic thing. And that was, you know. It, yeah, what do you think of the creature effects? Yeah, I, I like them because it's kind of like some of the last puppet puppetry effects you get in a mainstream film because a couple of years later, I think CGI, I guess, became the standard after, I guess, Dragonheart kind of started that, where everything had to be CGI afterwards. So, Did, um, did you do the dinosaur while you were watching the movie? <laughs> I was moderately 80s Gen X amused when I heard that song because it was like a big hit in like 86 or 87. That was... Yeah, kind of an mm -hmm. old tune, '88. It's the same you know, feeling. I was like, oh, I that's get. my high school song right there. You know, we're gonna ask you to feeling. do the dinosaur as we want, as we, yeah, as we end this. Yeah, it's the same feeling I get when I hear Tarzan Boy and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three. Yes, um, <laughs> I got it. I got one of those Como Internet radios that I don't think they make anymore, and I just keep it on the Italo Disco of the '80s channel. Yes, and and they played Tarzan Boy the other morning. I was like, yeah, yeah, high school is back. <laughs> Just, I'm glad you brought up Ninja Turtles 3 because um, just so you know that I wasn't, I mean, I was a dumb little kid, but as we all were, but just so you don't think that like, oh, I have nostalgia goggles on or something. No, Ninja Turtles 3, and it came out the same year as this film did a few months before, Ninja Turtles 3 was the first time that I remember thinking, oh, this is shit. This is a yeah, bad Yeah, I movie. didn't like it. Even when I was a kid, I had the good sense to know Ninja Turtles 3 sucked. I thought it was yeah. two that was one that everyone hated. It's three, two is it? Great. No, two is great. Oh, I got mixed yeah. up. Okay. Yeah, two people like two. National film registry level great. <laughs> yeah, three. Three yes. has like no action. There's like no fight scenes, and they had Lau Kar Lung on the set, and Bruce L. E. One of the Bruce Lee clones is in one of the costumes. There's no action in the film. There's no. They cut all the fights. Yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, and the the they also cheaped out on the suits, and the suits yeah. look terrible. They're, They're noticeably really mean. bad. Yeah. <laughs> like splinter yeah. like it's shot like a sitcom like when casey jones walks onto the set it's like he waits for applause it's really weird yeah <laughs> um although kids cheered his appearance uh when i saw it in the theater with my brother yeah and, uh, he, he pauses oh, for like it's, it's yeah like when ross walks onto the safonzi so something. wait a second you didn't see mario brothers two months later but you saw ninja turtles three because my brother wanted to see it and of course oh, it was okay the Golden Harvest bias because I was following okay. the Hong Kong stuff pretty hardcore. So if Golden Harvest produced something in America, you you kind of you had to go see it. I yeah. understand. Mm. 
Um, they didn't didn't produce a fourth one. Well, yeah, because boy, they gave up on that one. Yeah. And there's some good action in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too. The only reason yeah. it's poorly remembered is the oh, I hate Vanilla Ice now, even though everybody was listening love to it. that guy. Love it. That's the like best right part of it. Yeah. That's the thing that people mostly remember, I think. That yeah. may be the most iconic Ninja Turtles moment in history. I mean, that I was when Ninja. That's when you knew Ninja Turtles arrived. Yes. yes. Inseparable from the Ninja Turtles. Inseparable. Much love. Anonymous. All right. Well, well, hold on. We didn't hear Stu's. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Stu. All right. Sorry. So the Gen, uh, the Millennials gave it a little seven. The Gen Xer gave it a three. And I'm going to do the same and give it a three. Oh, that's not too bad. It was actually zero before we started. So. But we've convinced you. We bumped it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it, it jumped a few spots. It's all right. That's now, not terrible. I, now, okay. um, if I was going to rate this Super Hornio Brothers, it's an eight. <laughs> Much better than the Bob Hoskins shit. Ron Jeremy, the uh, the definitive Mario live action. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Um. Well, fellas, uh, do we have anything before we go? <clears throat> How old would Bob Hoskins be today had he lived? Bob Hoskins. Bob. He'd be fucking old. Yeah, yeah. He'd he be, would he'd be 79. Yeah. He was young when, when did he, he die? Yeah, he was 71. Seven, technically he'd be 78 yeah. because his birthday would be uh, uh two weeks from now. Yeah. yeah, he died of Parkinson's or he may have uh he may have been he, he died of he died of uh uh John's Favorite euphemist. Well, I, I'll let him tell. It. He died of pneumonia. Oh, uh, really fucking go one, go away. Anytime, anytime, <laughs> anytime an actor dies of pneumonia, John John says something very rude about yeah, the actor. Well, I can't say I will get yanked off of uh, YouTube. <laughs> but I mean, my suspicion is that he had Parkinson's and that he killed himself with sleeping pills. Oh shit! Really? Yeah, that's what I thought at the time. Interesting. <laughs> okay. He announced his no... big retirement from acting, and then like Parkinson's, and then dead. What was the last thing he did? Like Doomsday or something? No, it was Snow White oh. and the Huntsman. I think. Oh my oh, God, yeah. he's in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. right. Get yeah. me some fucking medicine. Some Benadryl. <laughs> I tell you, go. I tell you what. It was ten years ago. It was ten. Oh, yeah, nine God. years ago. Yeah, yeah, no, don't even get yeah. me started. I'll say one thing about Bob Hoskins. What an actor. Uh, the last two minutes when he's stuck at the back, I won't give it away, but when he's stuck in the back of that car in um, uh, Long Friday. L- the Long Good Friday, everybody always bullshits you about, like, he's such a good actor. He, You can see what he's thinking. It's all, it's all bullshit. It's true with Bob Hoskins. You know what you know, I liked was Mannequin. I really enjoyed that one, actually. I haven't seen that one. Mona Lisa has been sitting on HBO Max for years. Is that, I haven't... is that what I'm thinking of? Mona Lisa. Maybe that's what you're thinking. Yeah, of, I get yeah. them too mixed up all the time. Who I, mean, I need to try it? Mona Lisa again. When I watched Mona it, Lisa I didn't is. get it. I'm sorry, yeah. Let me see if it's on if it's still on HBO Max. I hope so. I mean, Craig so Julian finally put out a Blu-ray of it. Well, yeah, but that's the kind of movie. And that's the kind of movie I'm not gonna seek out unless it's like readily available, like on HBO Max. And it is on HBO Max, according to Cool. Yeah, I've seen it. I just didn't. It didn't. Uh, didn't. Didn't do anything for me. And I know that's one of his great, considered one of his great performances. I need. I need to try it again. 
Even uh, he elevates that Jet Li movie he did, Unleashed or Danny Unleashed, the collar, the collar movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. the dog. Yeah. I remember that. There is um, one of his I wanted to see. It's called the Raggedy Rawny. Mm. Because it's got uh, it's him. Does he play? Does he play a doll? He plays Raggedy Ann. Don't know, but it's got him and Ian Jury in it. I'm a big Ian Jury fan, so um, I do want to see that one. You know, know it was awesome. Raggedy Ronnie from He was awesome in as Eddie Mannix in Hollywoodland. Yes, that's a great one. That one. He's he's good in that. That's a good movie, and yes. um, the Ben the Ben Affleck stuff is the best stuff in the movie. The the Private Eye, present present day, contemporary, whatever. That's that stuff's okay. But the all the all the George Reeves stuff is great. Yeah, yeah, it's terrific. Very Affleck terrific. got honestly, Affleck should have been nominated. Yeah, he should have. Yeah, yeah it's one of his be- his better performances. Anyway, before we go, I need to. And he was the bomb in Phantoms, yo. Yo, yeah, <laughs> couple of couple of things I need to bring up. Um. I will be recording a, another <laughs> Mirable movie, Cowboys, with Mr. Eric Mulder restarting that series Okay, in a week or so. So that'll be up. We're talking. Uh, funnily enough, Donna Summers, thank God it's Friday. We're the first one we're doing in season two of that. And I need to give a plug to one of the guys on Discord, uh, Ben, also known as Giant13 on there. He's got a podcast called The Searchers. Mm. Um which I'll leave a link in the description here. And it's uh, basically just talk about Westerns. Cool. Um, basically, pretty I don't, much. Pretty I don't much. suppose you're going to be in that, are you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not my thing, but, you know, I've heard it, and it's uh, pretty well um, pretty well made. I know this stuff. But, yeah, Westerns, I'm just not that much of a fan. Except Deadwood. I love Deadwood. I think that's fucking great. Oh, that tells me everything. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes. You can take your pasta, Western. I don't give a shit about that stuff. <laughs> no, I don't, I've, I've outgrown that. <laughs> I was talking about other stuff. Oh, but God. yeah. Um, um, if you want to have me on to talk about that, that's fine. I can talk forever about that stuff. Pasta Westerns? Well, yeah. The spaghetti Westerns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah but, but obviously the American Westerns are the best ones. So. Any, other, any other plugs people got? Um, oh, um, I just thought of one. One of our listeners, Ian Urza, is doing a regular gig on uh, Land of the Creeps, uh, covering Jollos. Oh, cool! And he's, oh, very cool. He's, um, Ian. yeah, he's he's talking about uh, he and Greg Amortis are reviewing Jollos in for about twenty minutes each show, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, and they talk about all the details. They talk about the dubbers, uh, like Ian's identifying all the voices and the actors, cool, dubbing them in the English versions and comparing it. Italian and the English versions, but it's pretty interesting. Oh, wow. I haven't watched a Jalo in a long time, but it's a lot of fun to listen to. That's cool. What was uh, uh what what's the podcast called? That's Land of the Creeps. Our oh, our it's Land of the Creeps. Sure, sure, sure. Our sort of brother horror podcast that, that they cover all mm-hmm. the horror stuff we don't want to bother with. Yeah, definitely a um, um and sister uh, one to us. Oh, and also go... watch this movie. Listen to watch this movie as well. Yeah, maybe watch this movie. Terrific. Maybe yes. knocking out of the park. Lovely. I'm gonna be on yeah. watch this movie. I think sometime next week. Yeah, you've been on a few times, all yeah. Yeah. Yes. Can, can you discussing. can you tell us the movie you're gonna be doing? I think next, we'll discuss just... the Sandlot and how great the Sandlot is, but maybe oh, okay. not. But I, I'm pretty sure it's the Sandlot, which is well, you know, oh. And speaking of, sorry, Hunter, I know you need to go, but um, oh, I've also oh, yeah. teed up. I don't know if Hunter's gonna be on for it. John, I dare say you will be. Wolfie's gonna be coming on here from watch this movie. He's 
uh, agreed to it. We're going to be talking about documentary. Wolfie T. Yeah, Wolfie T. We're going to be talking about the documentary, The Self-Destruction of the Ultimate Warrior. Oh, interesting. Have you, have you seen that oh, one, John? Uh, years ago, I saw it. Yeah, the uh, WWE hit piece they did on The Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, they just took a dump on him the whole time. Yeah, so I've, on, I've, on I've just ordered, I've ordered it. It should be here in a day or so, but... Um, I do want to see it. I don't know if Hunter's into that sort of thing. You might want to jump on. We'll we'll just see what's going on at the time. I might I might bow out because I probably wouldn't have much to add. But no worries. Um, maybe we'll see we'll see what's going on. Hmm. Uh, but I am gonna hit up this Mario Brothers exhibit. I want to do a video kind of preserving it. So I think Eric and I are gonna do that. It'll be a supplemental piece to this podcast. So it'll be. Coming. And I'll keep trying, Dan yeah, Kaminsky. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to go. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, oh, actually, you're going to hear Dana Kaminsky. It's this. It's not you knocking on a door. It's her coffin. <laughs> She's uh, who's who's that actress in the uh, Fifty Foot Woman who uh, who was dead in her apartment for months or years, possibly? Allison Hayes. No. Um, no, because she's not the Fifty Foot. It's um, it's the floozy in the bar. Um, <sighs> I heard her name. Read her name years ago, and I'm blanking on it never heard of this story yeah uh attack of the 50 foot woman um obviously there's there's the titular uh woman who's played by um uh allison hayes mm -hmm. but the one uh yvette vickers is her name yvette oh, vickers yeah. died a gruesome uh well i guess the aftermath was gruesome she died of a heart attack or something in her uh hollywood apartment bungalow whatever it was and mm -hmm. i guess she was so alone in her life that nobody checked up on her for months possibly even years i think maybe up to two they eventually uh, a neighbor eventually started smelling something real stinky and uh called the police wow. after two years her, that's some they, they found her mummified on the floor oh that's rough yeah Boy. that sucks on that note we're gonna go ahead <laughs> yeah. and say adios yeah peace out and now it's time for Rue, Britannia, with your foreign correspondent, the Nez. Maybe that will surprise nobody having those who think that Biden doesn't use a Ouija board to contact his neighbours. The Tory government screwed up royally on immigration this week when it transpired that hundreds of Chinese spies have used open-door immigration policy to enter the UK from the Low Countries. On a separate issue, it gets even worse, given how it now transpires that there were at least to MI5, 19 members of ISIS who basically having invaded the UK have now been placed in Forster hotels after claimed asylum over the last two years. On a separate issue, it gets even worse, given how it now transpires that there are also to MI5 at least 90 members of ISIS who, having invaded the UK over the last two years, have now actually been granted asylum and are now currently living on taxpayers' largesse in Forster hotels up and down Britain. The Tory response is the same as usual. It's all very racist to talk about it, and we have to be very careful. Well, unquote. The Tories are right again as usual. 
let them just basically spine us and kill us. Golf. And ahead of the council elections in England and Wales in May, Labour said about do-it-yourself own goal this week by running with an attack ad attacking Rishi Sunak's family, as well as also accusing him of being responsible for supporting convicted rapists. It's a line which has drawn condemnation and opprobrium from all sides of the political spectrum. Not least given him as head of the Crown Prosecution Service, Keir Starmer basically covered up Muslim immigrant community mass rape, as well as also the crimes of Jimmy Savile. He was also responsible for setting sentencing guidelines as regarding prisoners who qualified for early release. Watching a bunch of middle-class, university-educated human rights lawyers from Notting Hill behaving like a bunch of Roger Stone-type tough guys has all the conviction of Dylan Mulvaney getting into a bar fight over Budweiser versus cause. More to come. Born and bred, and the nation's leading ginger, Harry Markle, did indeed finally formally confirm that he will be attending his father's coronation at Westminster Abbey on the 4th of May. Aaron Dawes, not so much. He's staying in a gilded cage with the children. All the shame, really, since given the public response to him will be somewhat hostile, at least that effectively means that he'll have to face the joy of the crowd alone and carry her share of the hostilities and burden on his shoulder. He'll also find it somewhat difficult to pick up royal gossip as usual in London to sell back to the US media. These days, nobody close to the monarchy even remotely talks to them, let alone him. Loose lips, sink ships after all. Anyway, the coronation promises to be a somewhat modern affair. Dancing NHS nurses, illegal immigrants, a couple of Chinese spies, a reading from the Russia House by John le Carre, Samoan sumo wrestlers, and members of the Fist Fuckers of Great Britain Olympic team. Vibrancy is the key word. Further notes in passing, a member of the BBC's Antiques Roadshow team dies this week. Experts predict that the body will set you back £10. MI5's most highly placed spy with the provisional IRA, Freddie Scappatici, also passed away this week at the age of 77. Given the victims he killed over 30 years, it's basically what he would have wanted. And judges at the BBC Strictly Come Dancing have gone out and worked to rule over pay. I guess the judges will be on the picket line outside BBC HQ, drinking six packs of Budweiser. Light. Packs. Thank you for listening to the Midnight Movie Cowboys. For more information, go to www.midnightmoviecowboys.com. For feedback, comments, or show suggestions, go to midnightmoviecowboys at gmail.com. Like what you hear? Head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Hear us on Stitcher Radio. Head over to stitcher.com and download the app. Want to help the show out? Head on over to www.midnightmoviecowboys.com and hit the PayPal donate. We appreciate all donations of any denomination. Find us on Twitter at MMCowboys. Like us on Facebook. Head over to facebook.com type in Midnight Movie Cowboys. Hit the like button over there. Want to friend us personally on Facebook or follow us on Twitter? 
go to www.midnightmoviecowboys.com and find the links from there on the right-hand side. Thanks for listening. See you all next week.